afraid I've got some bad news. I knew it. I love when he does that.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 268 of the Hoots Podcast. 32 episodes away, Brother Carter, from reaching 300 of wow. the most controversial, unfiltered, uncensored wrestling podcast known to man today. Welcome to the broadcast, everybody's yours truly, the nefarious brother Adam, aka Joshi Lopez. Uh, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Josh Lopez Media, at Josh Lopez 94 on Instagram. And you can see me do some guitar covers as well at Josh Lopez Music. I am alongside the director of operations of the Hoops Podcast, the one and only Derek Stoughton. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. So glad to be back with you, Brother Adam. I am back in my palatial palace. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, back in my pad. Uh, glad to be back. Uh, it's been a crazy week in the world of professional wrestling, and we're going to break it all down. But this is always one of the highlights of my week, Brother Adam. So glad to be with you and glad to be with our wonderful folks. Um, it's going to be a great show. Uh, can you explain to the listening audience why we were saying no instead of yes? That's right. So, so for, if, if, you've, if you've been with us for a while, you know that Josh and I, you know, we were the – the big fans of the broken character. Well, actually, it was Adam Daly, honestly, that got me involved in the broken character, and it kind of just took on a life of its own. But right, and, I, and it's always yes with everything. But now, after seeing Big Money Matt and just his complete downfall since joining the worst major wrestling promotion in the world, I, like I, I don't want anything to ever do any with Big Money Matt. His career has become a complete and absolute joke. So it's now it's no longer yes. It's no. <laughs> uh, good times, folks. Uh, I really, before we get really started to today's uh, podcast, I really want to thank everybody who reached out to us last week and said it was one of our best episodes. Um, you know, really enjoyed what the hell was wrong with AEW last week. Uh, I had, I was cracking up listening back last week when I was editing the podcast. Um, I agree with you guys. It was a fun show. And that's the thing, the fun challenge for us as podcasters and content creators is to elevate each week. So if you thought what the hell is wrong with AW is something last week, just wait to what you have for uh, what you guys have in store for this week. Josh, that was exactly what I was going to say. It's like, fans, uh, thank you for those kind words. If you liked last week, buckle into your seats, ladies and gentlemen. This week is going to be a slobber knocker to quote the greatest commentator who also has taken a major nosedive since joining the promotion where careers go to die this is the place to be is it not no 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 it's not go home the fuck home all right um really quick uh please plug make sure to bookmark parsetrashers.com if you want to support your boy and the gazillion play-by-play articles that i do throughout the week Make sure to check that out. And also, uh, for those who are listening to the podcast, um, whether it's video or audio, remember video trumps audio. Um, That's right. You got the video boss. (laughs) Video boss. Uh, (laughs) Man, I forgot about that. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, So uh, if you're on video and you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure to press the notification bell right next to it. Uh, so you get notified every time we go live or I upload a new video onto the channel. Maybe it's an interview or something like that. I actually uploaded a new guitar cover on uh, the YouTube channel the other day, a uh, cover from uh, John Mayer's new album uh, called Sob Rock. The song's called uh, Shouldn't Matter, But It Does. Um, 
I love playing guitar. I, I've been playing music since I'm seven years old. I'm, I just turned 27 about a few months ago. I, I've been loving music my entire life. So it's something that I'm still able and passionate to, you know, express that. And um, where you think I'm good or not, that's up to you. It's all subjective and stuff. But um, I, I, I'm really proud of this cover uh, that I dropped on the YouTube channel the other day. And I think you'd like it as well. So uh, like this video, subscribe, tell a friend about it. Same thing goes with the audio. Um, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Uh, if you're an Apple Podcast user, make sure to leave us a four or five star rating and review. It helps expand the reach of the podcast to like-minded folk. And uh, we do appreciate the uh, support that all of you give to us each and every single week. It really means a lot to us. So Absolutely. Uh, we're going to get into what we usually get to in the beginning part of this podcast that is affectionately known as the Good Brothers Q&A and Wisdom Session. The uh, Josh, a disclaimer on that. We may have to end up changing the name of this segment as well because yes. <laughs> after what we saw on well, that's, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. We're gonna get into some murky waters because before you know, we we'll probably have to name the change. Uh, have to name the uh, change the name of this podcast because oh, that's true. Uh, where I got the <laughs> inspiration from. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy how the state affairs are in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Anyway, uh, the Good Brothers Q and A session this week is gonna be interesting. Uh, the wisdom part uh, topic that I wanted to address for this week's podcast. It's about mental health and some of the stuff I've been seeing on social media uh, regarding some old bios. Uh, I just wanted to get that off my chest a little bit. Uh, no, this is not just a wrestling podcast. It's also a light podcast as well. There's no topic that we're afraid to uh, touch on on this show. So I want to get to that too. And it's, it's kind of cool, you know, just uh, give some people some advice and stuff like that. I got, I got to share some personal stories and things I've been able to conquer, uh, you know, over the last couple months, you know, uh, I, I hide nothing uh, for the better and it's, it's good. So uh, let's get to it. We got a lot of questions this week, so we're going to awesome. try to speed through these as much as we could. Okay. Uh, but we're going to start off with the regular good brother, Chris Letta at X Teen Zaletta 24 X. By the way, if you want to participate in the Good Brothers Q&A and Wisdom Session, all you have to do is send a question to me at Josh Sullivan's Media or email us at thehoopspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, side note, Josh, make sure that you're all spamming the Twitter uh, help sessions with the hashtag FreeTheHootsPodcast because that uh, needs to be yeah. done. Absolutely. I've been freaking suspended on Twitter for, uh, we're, what were we in, uh, July now? Yeah, five months. Bunch of malarkey. Um uh, Shout out to the snowman, my guy, Brian Snow. I hope you're feeling better, my man. I'm thinking about you. I love you, brother. Thank you for uh, checking out the show, my man. Absolutely. Uh, so let's get to it. Chris is always good with uh, mixing it up with sports questions, so we'll get to this right now. All right. Ooh. Thoughts on Dakota Kai turning on Raquel Gonzalez this week on NXT. We'll start with you, brother Carter. I loved it. Um, I've, I've always been a fan of Dakota Kai, and I think that I wonder why it took her so long to finally break away from Raquel Gonzalez. You know, it's, this is such an easy storyline to write. You know, it's like, you've had the spotlight, but you couldn't do it because of me. You know, it's keep it simple, right? It's simple storyline, but it works. Dakota Kai is great. Raquel Gonzalez is great. I think this is going to be a great match and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I thought it was cool. You know, um, I know they taped uh, the 
this week uh this week's edition of XC and next week's uh uh episode from last week and then um you know, sometimes when it comes to take shows, you, you you can't really gauge how the genuine feel of the crowd is. But I thought this would affect this segment. Um, I, I mentioned it on SD the other day that I I really didn't know like who else would be available to fight Raquel Gonzalez at Takeover Three Six at this point, and I didn't think it would be a good idea to rush uh, Frankie Monet as much as I love her as a performer and wrestler. I don't think it's time for her to get that title shot. So. Uh, I thought the Dakota Kai was the right choice in this, so uh, it's good for her, and I I would not be surprised if she actually wins the title at TakeOver. We'll have to see how that goes. So, Real quick then, Josh, do you think that they should have waited on um, Shotzi and Knox moving up to have one of them take on Raquel Gonzalez? No, I mean, Shotzi was already in the tag team division and stuff. She wasn't really doing anything. I mean, I guess you could say from a her standpoint, but SmackDown... Like literally, when Bailey got injured, had four women on their oh, good point. roster. So, <laughs> um, we gotta balance out the roster. That's why I keep saying, folks, end the brand split. Um, all right, next question. If Walter, oh boy, Uh-oh. if I had balls, should be my father. If Walter loses that takeover, <laughs> does he make his way to the States for NXT? No. No, it's the NXT UK Championship. Uh, he's made it well known that he's not really ready to uh, adapt to the United States and having that touring schedule uh, with WWE. Uh, I think it's a, he's an attraction performer, and he's a guy that you can bring in for certain like special events and like that. I just don't see him as somebody that you're gonna see weekly. On Raw or SmackDown, he's he's barely on NXT UK Weekly. That's special about it. He has an aura. He's an attraction, like I just mentioned a couple minutes ago. So I don't think he's losing the NXT UK title, nor do I think he'll be coming to the states more often. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you, Josh. I mean, it's and you've got, you got to be very careful with Walter because you can bring him in in certain markets, like you said, an attraction, and the crowd will go nuts because. The crowd would like, like if you bring him into a Chicago or to a Madison Square Garden or something like that, like, like the crowd will know who that is and they'll go nuts for him because they know what a special attraction he is. But I agree with you. I don't think he would work well on a weekly Raw or SmackDown because like the generic fan or the casual fan and like kids would be like, well, who's this guy? You know, kind of yep. thing. So I agree. Keep him in NXT UK. All right. Next question. Should Hangman and Dark Order have gotten that win last night, or would that have been too simple too simple for a story? Uh, Chris, I'm going to answer that question in uh, what the hell is wrong with the AEW. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm still trying to um, gather my mental threshold <laughs> after talking about that match last night. By the way, if you guys see the title of this week's episode, it's uh, Fight for Our Sanity. Kind of playing off five for the fall itself. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was the perfect title for the show this week. I'll say real quick, Josh, and we'll get into this when we get into our segment. The ending of the match was actually one of the only things during that program that actually made sense. And I'll just – just the actual finish itself, and we'll get into that. But the finish uh, actually made sense. Yeah, shout-out to Brett Sh- uh, Shrubsel, uh, I think uh, a former uh, participant in the uh, Universe of Chatters uh, mm. back What's going on, Brett? How you doing, my man? Thanks for uh, checking out the video. 
on the Facebooks. We are on, we are live on Facebook, so make cool. sure you do a watch party too if you want. The book yeah, of the I'll, face. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. Uh, do you think we'll ever see Cole O'Reilly if fish together again? Um, maybe that run not anytime soon. Um, I guess you'd like to see at least one run of the Undisputed Era on Raw or SmackDown. Uh, I, for me, I don't like calling Raw SmackDown the main roster and kind of past that point. I mean, NXT is its own brand. So, yeah, I, I, I don't see it anytime soon, but sure, they could do it uh, in a couple years or so. Yeah, I agree with you. Same thing. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It'll be, I'd love to see it again because they were great, but if it doesn't happen, that's okay. Yes. Is it only a matter of time till we see Kaylee Ray in the States for NXT? Oh, I certainly hope so because she, out of anybody in NXT, you can't think would be an awesome addition uh, for the women's division in wrestling. I think Kaylee Ray would be fantastic on uh, Monday Night Raw. Uh, for me, I think that would be the brand for her. She is a tremendous heel. Good waterfall, by the way, too. <laughs> but uh, great in the promos, great in the ring, her presses. Um, she brings something that I've been missing for the women's division since Paige unfortunately had to retire. I see a lot of uh, similarities between the two, and I, I, I'm saying that as a compliment uh, for Kaylee Ray. And she's just good at what she's done, uh, what she does. And I think her on Monday Night Raw would be a good fit. Should 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 uh, Kaylee Ray show up at AC? I, I would not be surprised either, but uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. Oh, I have nothing to add, Josh. I, uh, you hit the nail on the head, man. I've ever, I I haven't had a chance to see her too often just because I don't have an opportunity to watch a lot of NXT UK. But what I have, I remember her being absolutely fantastic. So I'd love to see some matches. I know we saw it in NXT. I'd love to see her versus Tony Storm again on say like a Raw or a SmackDown or something like that. I think that'd be great. Right. <clears throat> For one of my fantasy leagues, the draft order was done, and I got 10 and 11. What would you do with those picks, running back, running back, or running back and receiver? Go ahead, it, well, it depends on who's available. You know, it's, it's, you, know it, you could go with a running back. You could go with a wide receiver. Hell, you could go with a tight end. You could go with if Travis Kelsey was available, if Darren Waller was available. Um, you know, one of the, they are our great um, additions to the team as well. Um, again, it, it really just depends on who is available. Um, you probably need to wait until the second round to take either Mahomes or Josh Allen or something like that. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's hard to say because it just, it just, it just depends who's available. I would probably say take a one running back and a wide receiver, mm-hmm. but also don't rule out the possibility of taking Travis Kelsey or, or Darren Waller or a tight end that can get you a lot of points too. And just look out the right backs. I mean, uh, I I would take George Kittle if you have them. Oh, Kittle, yeah, yeah, he's another good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's good options for tight ends. You just have to pick wisely. Um, and you know, with the new crop of quarterbacks, you don't, I, you don't know how it's going to be with the future of uh, fantasy football. Is where you have the first ten picks of a draft league is quarterbacks as opposed to wide receivers. You never know how that goes, but. Um, I'd say look out for George Kittle if you need a pick or whatever. Good choice. Uh, well, again, Josh, I know we've talked about this before. You just never know who's going to make the transition well to the NFL. I mean, look at Kyler Murray. He exploded this last year, you know, and I think this is what year two, I think it is for him. But see, 
Correct. Yeah, but he he exploded last year. Um, but then you look at somebody like Baker Mayfield, who was the number one like number one overall pick and was just a complete disaster. So I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. He was fine. Who am I thinking of? Um, because Baker Mayfield actually did well last year. Um, hold on. Uh, we can keep going. It'll come. It'll come to me. Uh, huh? Nick Chubb. That's who. It may- well, he's doing okay too, though. Nick yeah, Chubb. Had a good year the Browns, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was thinking of because. Um, uh, jo- uh, hold on. I'm trying to think when Johnny Manziel got drafted. He was the guy I thought of. I can't remember where he got drafted, but yeah, I got I got nothing on that either. The, uh, it, it'll come. It, so, so, I know some fans that are listening. This are screaming at me, going, "Oh God, there goes Brother Cutter off the deep end again. He must be watching the CFL or something." Um, but it, it'll come to me. But let well, we can move on. Yeah. So my 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 apologies for. All right, let's go to uh, next one here. He says. In here, where do you think this Robert Ray's title run will rank among the best ever? Ooh. Well, I'll say for now, he's, it's definitely the best universal championship reign that the title itself has had uh, in WWE. I don't think it's close. So I, I that that's where I'll start. Um, it just has to see how long this goes. I, I really don't know. I don't think Roman's going to lose the title anytime soon, nor should he. So... Uh, I think right now you're just uh, basking in the best title reign of the Universal Championship uh, as it currently uh, stands today. Yeah, I mean, Roman Reigns was the guy. I mean, I'd argue that the superstar of the pandemic was Drew McIntyre, and I would still argue that because of just especially because of how it started. You know, like he really took everybody through 2020. And then Reigns came in and, you know, ran it with Paul Heyman. It was awesome. But um, I, I would argue that still, and, and it's very close that Drew McIntyre was the superstar of the pandemic. But uh, I mean, I, nobody, nobody is on Roman Reigns' level. Like he is, when you talk about the word elite, that is what elite looks like is Roman Reigns, and nobody else is on his level. So I, I, Josh, I think I could see him being Universal Champion for a long, long, long time. Barring injury or, you know, any unforeseen circumstances. C, correcto. Um, we're going to get to our final question here for Chris. Uh, I, I'll probably have to take this one because it's a, a New Japan-style question. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. Do you think the G1 this year will include AEW and Impact Town? If so, who who would you like to see for both companies? I'm not um, – I don't really know if they're actually going to have actual people from Impact and AEW uh, in this uh, tournament for G1 this year just due to the COVID issues that's been going on in Japan. I think that's the biggest thing more than anything else. Um, sure, would it be cool to see Lance Archer back in the G1 or you know maybe having somebody like Darby Allen or Hangman Page in the G1, sure. Or having somebody like Josh Alexander or somebody like that from Impact on the, in the G1, sure. Uh, my thing is that I think they're going to run into uh, run into issues when it comes to the COVID issues in Japan. They have a strict um, COVID situation out there as it is. So I I I, I just don't think it would be smart for uh, New Japan to bring people into that element. And um, I, I, maybe if this partnership continues down the road, you never know how it is in professional wrestling. Just because you think a partnership is going to work, it does. It's not guaranteed to last forever. We'll have to see how that goes. But I think I think 
being cautious is more important than, okay, let's jam five people from AW, five people from the NWA, five people wherever, and you have this crowded-ass um, D1 tournament. I just don't think that would be good for anybody. Yeah, I agree. Well, and I know you – and uh, the only thing I'll add with this, Josh, is that, uh, you know, currently right now there was a huge boycott to the Olympics. You know, they almost a lot of people did not want the Olympics to start. And there were even reports like three or four days before the Olympics started that they were considering canceling. So, yeah, yeah. you've got you've got to keep it within the country, I think, for this year. Yeah, bro, I see a count there. Um, David Crockett, a uh, junior, I think uh, – was doing commentary during the AEW dark tapings uh, yesterday. Uh, they were in Charlotte, North Carolina, and that's fine. I mean, we got a mark running a wrestling promotion, so of course, if they're in a the territory, he's going to bring in any legends he can. I, I, I have no problem with that. It's not really something I think about, but uh, it, it, that's Tony Khan for you, pal. Um, <laughs> Chris, hey, contrary popular belief, Kenny Omega is not from North Carolina. Oh, don't get me started, please. <laughs> don't get me started. Um, I was going to say, uh, going back to this with G1, you know, for those who are all happy and jizzing in their pants about this AEW impact and New Japan relationship, more power to you. But for me, I have not seen any beneficial change for either promotion since this partnership has started. Sure, is it cool to have some nice matchups here and there, but let's talk about business here. What business has grown since these three companies have been working with each other? What, Twitter buzz? More clicks on wrestling news sites? Sorry, no offense, Brother Carter, but... Like, <laughs> I'm taking that. That's fine. <laughs> I, I get it. Like, let's be realistic about this. Like, Oh, oh my God! They got the NWA. Oh, Ring of Bars gonna show up soon. Oh, MLW may join up. Like you could have fucking seven wrestling companies in the world join forces with each other. But if you're not a publicly traded company, if you're not making revenue like the WWE is, what are you actually doing? I can hear people talk about oh the 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 game the game is gonna change. Uh, with CM Punk and Dan Bryan showing up and these new Japan partnerships. Uh, I think what we're revealing is the the way and the amount of value people that AEW draws is what the actual hardcore wrestling audience is. The number of what those shows draw is what the actual hardcore wrestling audience is. Some people are not going to like what I said there, but Hey, I'm not here to mince words. That's not what we do here at the Hoops Podcast. So that's right. Um, by the way, Brett, I do agree with you. Jay White is awesome. All right, next question. Uh, no, next set of questions. Mm. Uh, shout out to the good brother Sam Piopo back on here um, at Second City Sam. I'll say real quick. Um, everybody should follow Sam on Twitter. His his takes on pro wrestling are spot on. So Sam, you're yes. the man. <laughs> Appreciate you, brother. Um, oh, here we go. Who would you like to see on commentary for AEW? Uh, anybody, uh, anybody but the three people that are on there right now. <laughs> uh, honestly, Josh, when he's done, I wouldn't mind seeing Taz. I think Taz, not when he's not with Excalibur, Taz is fine. I think he's he, he's fine. Look at the point Brett just put right here. He's thank you. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Um, we're gonna have fun eight uh what the hell's wrong with AEW later on. Um as far as this question is concerned, yes, I, I would like to see more of Taz on the show, but I had my fill of Excalibur and Tony Schiavone gets worse as the weeks go by. I, I can't I can't do it, man. It's like Tony Schiavone is like making excuses for heels, yet cheering baby faces at the same time. And it's like I hate every time when Tony Schiavone goes to like trying to assume that everybody knows what's going on in an angle as if we know what the fuck's going on from a few from PWG. Shivani doesn't even know that. He's having lines being fed to him for Tony Khan. Yeah, people are always going to soapbox about, oh my God, Vince McMahon is all in the WWE commentary's ears, but nobody says anything about it for Tony Khan. You really believe that Tony Shivani knows the backstory of Wheeler Yuta and the fucking best friends? Really? <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> uh, that concert booth sucks. They need a revamp. Bring in Mike Tanay. Bring in Matt Striker. Bring anybody. Well, not Josh Matthews, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you get my point, though. No, but they're never going to do that, Josh, because they have to claim, well, we have JR. We have Tony Schiavone. We have the two greatest you know, people of all time. We for them, it's not about what they bring to the show. It's look what we did. Look what we got. Yeah, well, I don't know what the hell TNT's doing. This is the same network that has uh, guys like Marv Albert and Ernie Johnson, who's done play, uh, and Kevin Harlan doing play by play commentary. And we have Excalibur. Excalibur is your main play by play guy for your wrestling show. And also, please, if I never have to hear Don Callis on uh, AEW commentary, my life will be better. Okay. Uh, we, we we better move on, Josh, because we're yeah. we're this is all, we're we're starting to get fired up. I can't wait. Yeah. Okay. This is an interesting one. Top three tag teams in the business today. Go. Ooh. Um. FTR. Yeah. Um. Ooh. And then. <laughs> well. Um. Street profits, maybe. Uh. That- it's not a bad pick. Um, that's hard. Uh, MSK. Okay. Uh, let's see. No, I'm not picking the Goof Brothers. No. Um, I'll go with FTR, Grizzled Young Veterans, oh, and yeah. Usos. Oh, good call. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good call. And honorable mention, I'll go with the New Day as well. I, I like that question, Sam. I want to see what your uh, picks for that, that question was, too. Yeah, I like I like all those picks, too. But that's a hard question. Oh, good question. There's a lot of good tag teams out there. There really is. Uh, hell, even uh, Chris Dickinson and Brody King and Ring of Honor and New Japan uh, are a good team as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Ooh, <laughs> with the unnecessary amount of talent that AW employs, do you think they'll introduce a second world title at any point? I mean, I we're already bringing uh, WCW Thunder back in a couple of weeks, so I wouldn't be surprised if they'll have a second title. Don't you just notice that everything AW does mimics WWE? Yeah, this is supposed to be the sports-based wrestling show. 
Just say that you're a sports entertainment promotion. Stop lying to yourself. Just market yourselves as what you are. I, I wrote that. Well, I'll, I'm, I'm going to talk about my column here in a little bit. But uh, uh, Josh, I, to, at some point. I, I, but but you don't even put the. Here's the problem, Josh. You don't even put all of this talent on television every week. Like, and they don't even acknowledge the power rankings properly to get two said title matches. Where are they gonna? Where where would a second title fit in on their weekly television program when they can't even get? Anyways, exactly. I, I hear where you're going there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. What are your thoughts on the possibility of WWE doing more shows in Saudi Arabia? Um, for me personally, I I've never been like personally offended with the stuff in Saudi Arabia because it doesn't affect me. I know what they're doing out there is not right and stuff I don't agree with, but I don't think that should penalize wrestling fans from that part of the country to watch wrestling. Like, if AEW did a show in Saudi Arabia, I wouldn't have a problem with it. If New Japan did a show in Saudi Arabia, I would not have a problem with that. I don't think certain countries should be penalized for that because they got shitty um, uh, politicians and structures, you know? Uh, you have a lot of wrestling fans around the world that deserve to watch wrestling. So for me, that's why I never had an issue with the Saudi Arabia shows because, yeah, is it something that's substantial or important to the big picture of the storylines and booking because that's the only thing people seem to care about during these wrestling shows? He says, no, but you're having a live event house show for fans in a different country. Like, we're so bogged down about booking this, booking this, booking that, booking this, booking that. It's like, Okay, can we just watch one wrestling show for a wrestling show? Like, what harm are you getting out of that? And are these the greatest shows ever? No, but you got to look at it from a bigger picture standpoint that, oh, this is their stupid show on the Peacock Network. Why are they just focus on their current storylines? I, I don't, I really don't know what to say at this point. Again, Josh, it's, you know, when you're dealing with a global publicly traded company you have to deal you have to approach different things you have to market to different fan bases because they have a much larger fan base you know they don't the people that watch wwe there are more people that watch wwe that don't look at dirt sheets than those that do there are the amount of people that like everybody that watches aew looks at dirt sheets I guarantee it. Yeah, that's 100% their audience. Right. And the majority of WWE fans do not look at the dirt sheets. So, and I write for a dirt sheet and I understand this, you know, so you've got to, it's a completely different animal. So you're, you're comparing apples to oranges at that point. But, um, but, uh, but, uh, but I agree with you, Josh, about the Saudi Arabia stuff. It's great for them. Great for the country. Great for the economy. Yeah. Um, yes. The, the shows are usually not very good. But, you know, again, it is it is what it is for, from a global business standpoint. Um, we've got a couple of questions here. Um, we've got two Brett's in the chat here. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll go to the one on the book of face. Uh, Brett says, what do you think of Edge and Seth Rollins' rivalry? Uh, they're two of his favorite wrestlers of all time. I've enjoyed it so far. We'll touch a little bit more about it when we get to the WWE segment, Brett, but I've, I've enjoyed it so far. Same. I think it's great. And um, 
Two great workers, great looks. Should have a great match at SummerSlam. All right, here's the other break here on the tube of use. Uh, he says, who would you want uh, most to see uh, take the title off of Bobby Lashley? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I'd like to see AJ Styles beat Bobby Lashley for the WWE title. That'd be my pick. Yeah, I like that. Um, I think oh, uh, I think he AJ Styles would be great. Um, honestly, I'd be okay with Big E winning the world title. I think Big E is. I know a lot of people are not fans of his. I love Big E, um, and I hope that he's the one that cashes in on Bobby Lashley and wins the WWE Championship. Yeah. All right, let's get to the next question here. Um, top three favorite world title victories of all time. Oh man, one. Um, okay. yeah, remember victories, not retaining. That. Sure. Like, like actually becoming the champion. Correct. Um, my number one is Kofi Kingston at Mania 35. Like that's, that was incredible. I still get it, you know, goosebumps thinking about that moment. So that's my number one. Um, I know my picks. Um, Okay, well, go ahead, and I'll, I'll think of my other two. I got two that I saw in person, and then one that was a favorite of mine when I was a kid. Um, number three will be uh, Chris Benoit at WrestleMania 20 mm. with the Shawn Michaels Triple H match. That's still one of my favorite WrestleMania matches of all time, and uh, that was that was really special to me. Uh, Chris was one of my favorite wrestlers while I was growing up as a kid, so uh, that was a uh, reason why that's up there high for me in that list. But um, the other two that I saw in person, number two is Seth Rollins cashing in at WrestleMania 31. And then, of course, number one, Sia Punk winning at Money in the Bank against John Cena, much to the pleasant dismay of Brother Carter. <laughs> it was... <clears throat> The greatest moment ever. <laughs> hey, I'm free for the performance evaluation for last week. This I- is true. <laughs> this is true. You're not on the you're not on the performance evaluation this week, Josh. That's true. Um, I'll say I actually thought about Rollins at 31. That was a pretty cool moment as well. And um, the other one I think was great was, and I know this is going a little bit old school, but um Austin at Mania 14, because that real that really ushered in perhaps the greatest era of professional wrestling of all time. And that just, I mean, wrestling exploded with Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I'll say those three. And you can't go wrong with Eddie Guerrero. Uh, oh, man. For the uh, WWE title, too. Yeah. So, um, good, good question there, Sam. I like that one. Yep. Okay. Favorite shock moment in WWE history. Oh, God. Shocking moment? Um, humana, humana, humana. Oof. I probably. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not picking Seth Rollins uh, turning no. out the field. It's, it was a great moment, but is it the most shocking thing to me? No. Um, I think for me probably was uh, Stone Cold uh, turning heel with uh, Vince McMahon on uh, WrestleMania 17. That probably be the shocking one to me. For me, it was the streak. When Lesnar under, when Lesnar broke the streak, yeah, I I remember that either. I had I remember exactly where I was, and as soon as that three count hit, I just I mean I remember going, like my like my reaction was the exact same as the fans in attendance. We were all like, no, what, what, 
holy cow, they actually did it. Wow. By the way, shout out to Adam Bailey. He was at that show. Wow. Um, lucky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, he was at that show. I remember him telling me about that. So um, there's a lot of great shocking moments over the years. Uh, I mean, we're shocked every week on TNT, uh, but in a bad way. But Not for uh, a good reason. Yeah, not for a good yeah. reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Next, uh, you can bring back any legend in his or her pride to wrestle any current wrestler. Who would it be? Um, I, I bring Bret Hart back. Uh, that'd be my pr- first and only pick is uh, Bret Hart. I mean, we can talk about the performers that unfortunately passed away, but I just want to talk about people that are still alive and stuff like that. As far as the females concerned, um, I'll go with um, I'll go with uh, Lita. That'd be my pick. Um, I'd love to see Lita versus Charlotte Flair. That would be in her prime versus Charlotte. That would be incredible. And then (laughs) Uh, for the guys, I actually am not a Bret Hart fan, to be honest with you, Josh. I'm great in the ring, but I just, the outside of the ring stuff for me is just, I, I, I can't, I can't deal with him and his whiny baby. He, he, I put him in the same realm as Punk as far as just a whiny baby who uh, cried he, because he didn't get what he wanted. Here we um, go. Uh, you don't like the four out of ten stuff? <laughs> 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 you don't like that? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I wonder what Matt, oh, I wonder what Mitchell, Mick McBeal reaction would be to hear me pick Bret Hart. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> um, you know, Josh, uh, Batista in his, uh, Batista versus Bobby Lashley now would be awesome. Like two big battles of two big imposing figures. You know, I know they battled back then, but now like Batista in his prime versus Lashley now, I think could be cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll say Kurt Angle too. Yeah. Sure. A, a good Kurt Angle, not one where he could barely move his neck mm-hmm. or had no neck. Right. Right. Um, all right. Uh, I'll take this one. Um, would you want to see Derek Rose back with the Bulls? If that's something that he wants to do to end his career in the NBA, I would not have a problem with that. Sure, I would like uh, Derrick Rose to come back to the Bulls. I'll be honest with you guys. The NBA has kind of turned me off. I used to enjoy it a lot when I was younger. I just don't enjoy the current NBA product as it is. Uh, I I feel like the competition spirit of it has gone away. The super teams and stuff like that, I'm just not a fan of it. Uh, the, I'm not saying it's not popular. It's still popular for a lot of people out there, but uh, the NBA has lost me from an entertainment standpoint. And it's not just because my team has been shitty for the last couple of seasons. It's just uh, overall, I don't have the enjoyment for basketball as I did when I was younger or even when I was in high school. Yeah, I, I like I. The best part about the NBA, Josh, is inside the NBA. Yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> And um, they have been some toothbrush in Alabama. <laughs> Man, them things are good, Ernie. Them churros are good. They were whipping them up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Where the big old bloomers down there, Jack. <laughs> you know why they call it uh, Victoria's Secret, right? It's a secret down there from the big old women. <laughs> 
Oh my god, we're gonna get some heat. <laughs> uh, we're gonna get yeah, we're gonna get the hook here. Okay. Oh god, that's funny. All right. <laughs> let's let's keep going here. <laughs> um, what do you say to wrestlers who may be embarrassed to express their love for wrestling in public? This is a good question. Uh you killed it this week, uh Sam. Um I just say, like I always say here in the podcast, be the authentic product that is yourself. There's, I've been to multiple states. I've been to Puerto Rico. Um, I've been in a lot of different environments. I am, I've worn wrestling t-shirts in a lot of different places. Embrace who you are. Own who you are. It does not matter what anybody thinks about you. So uh, express it in your own way. And that's the, the sucky thing about this. When it comes to, we get these conversations about, you know, everybody say this is the greatest time to be a wrestling fan. I disagree because you look at social media, it's always a dick measuring contest over which style of wrestling is better, Macho Booking or WWE or New Japan. Like, I don't have one major preference over another. I'm just a fan of professional wrestling. I enjoy it for what it is. I cover New Japan. I watch Impact every week. I do MLW. I do WWE. I do AEW. I'm not tied to one wrestling promotion, and I, I I want to enjoy the business for what it is, but it's such this daily nonsense, back and forth comparisons, and WWE versus AW. Oh, WWE's got to be worried, and yada yada yada. I, it takes the enjoyment out for me. I, I don't have the uh, emotional investment in wrestling as a fan anymore as I used to. Because of the fans of wrestling, we don't help advance the growth of wrestling as a fan base when we continue to get to these silly semantical debates about stuff that doesn't matter at the end of the day with the overall product. How can you expect the fucking business to grow when you're always talking about what's going on behind the scenes and booking on all these shows? You're already spilling the magic of what wrestling is. And that's my thing. But expressing it in public, you got to own you. It does not matter if somebody looks down at you if you're a professional wrestling fan. I don't care how old you are. Well said. I, I mean, you know, and, and, and I will admit, I'm not the kind of person that, you know, walks around and says, oh, my God, did you see what happened on WWE this last week? You know, if it happens to come up in conversation, you know, I mentioned, it's like, oh, dude, it's awesome, blah, 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 blah. And then we talk about it and then we move on, you know. And if you do that, sometimes you'll find somebody who's like, Oh, dude, I'm a fan too. Like, oh God, we should talk about this. Well, you know, then you find somebody and all of a sudden you have a new conversation. That just happened. Your audio go up? Hang on just a second there. I got a spam call. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so we're good. So know that those people cannot have my money. Um, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, that just happened with me with just uh, one of my very best friends in the world, you know, had, had saw on social media that I was doing something with, uh, with wrestling rumors and he asked me about it and then he's he ch he watched it again and now and now he watches almost every week and we got into a big debate last week about he likes aew i hate aew we got into a big debate about aew last week and i was like this is one of my best friends for like you know the past 10 years and i didn't know and he got back into wrestling so it was cool it was what a cool was moment though huh what was he saying though? What was the <clears throat> he's just like, oh, it's just it's such a fun show, and Kenny Omega is great, and blah 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 blah, and the Young Bucks are so athletic, and blah, you know, the 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 normal the normal stuff. Yeah. But again, you know, this is a guy who he just takes the product at face value, and it, listen, if you just take the product at face value, and that's your kind of thing, cool. But uh, him and I were texting last night, and we'll get into this. And I said, 
I texted him and said, this week's a- episode of AEW is really bad. He said, yeah, it was. I had to turn it off. I, ca- I can't. He's like, I, I, he's, he said, I have to turn it off like during the main event. I can't watch this anymore. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, let's see what the last question we got for Sam. He says, Bears already getting injured early on tra- uh, training camp. Concerned? No, there, there hasn't really been injuries where it's going to be going into the season. There's been nicks and stuff like that, just nicks and crannies that have been like, popping up as far as injury reports is concerned. But it's nothing that I'm overly concerned about. Um, Eddie, Eddie Jackson's dealing with a hamstring issue that he got through uh, workouts on his own time before trade cast started, he'll be back soon. So a lot of this is like precautionary stuff, and I'm not overly concerned about it right now. Sure, you don't like to hear players are injured, but it's not star players that are uh, poor to your team. So um, we'll see how that goes. I'm not too concerned about it. I mean, we know trade cast is starting right now across the NFL, and uh, we'll have to see how that goes. But um, I'm just really happy that football's here, and uh, it'll give me a break for the – when I have downtime where I have to uh, – I really enjoy the football season because it really helps me get my mind off the, the echo chamber that is wrestling Twitter uh, every single week. So, Side note, Josh, uh, and you know, I'll make it – but if you're able to, please get your vaccines so that we can, you know, have – that we can continue to have 100% capacity at these events and all that kind of stuff. If you can't for medical or religious purposes, totally understand. That's – I get it. But please, please, please get your vaccine so that we can have 100% normalcy going yes. forward. By the way, folks, I'm going to Raw on Monday. I'm going to be right in front of the ring on the entranceway. Uh, oh, sweet. Uh, yeah, I think we're in section six, row three, like right in front of the ring, like where they're walking down to the uh, ring and stuff. Uh, this is the closest I've ever been to a WWE ring uh, for these shows. And, uh, it, it, I'm really excited. It should be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. And I have I, this is the first wrestling show in Chicago that I went to since Survivor Series 2019. Wow, that's how long it has been for WWE show in Chicago. You got to remember the pandemic started too, and we had to have a show back since. Um, so it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun time. I can't wait. So you know. To get used to this mug, I'm actually the reason I've been wearing this beanie cap over the last couple weeks because my hair looks like absolute dog shit. Uh, <laughs> when I took it off, so I've been wearing this uh to look halfway presentable, but um, I'll get my hair cut this week. But I am going to Raw on Monday, and you guys will probably see me. Sweet, we'll be looking yeah. for you there, brother Adam. Should be good. Now, will you be attending another show that will be taking place in Chicago in August? I, I will. <laughs> okay. I, I will not be attending any shows that are in Hoffman Estates. Those shows can go the fuck home and stay the fuck home. <laughs> but yeah, United Center, sure, it'd be, it'd be cool. I, I think it'd be done for me as a wrestling fan to not attend at least one AEW show. So sure. I, I want to go to experience that for myself. And I, I always throw it out there for everybody that listens to the show. I spend more time covering AEW than the most diehard fans of AEW. I want it to be good. Personally, I find their, their overall, their show is not for me. And right. if, if, if this is the greatest thing that ever happened to you as a wrestling, I'm happy for you. I'm not going to come in here and tell you that you should not watch AEW. That's not what we're going to do here on this podcast. 
but I'm not going to sit here and play this hyperbole game that everybody else is doing on wrestling media. We're acting like it's the greatest thing that's ever lived and it's Teflon and all this other stuff. That's not what we're doing on this podcast. We call spades made here, uh, and that's just that. So, correct. Like, like, I'm not going to come in here and just because me and Brent Hart don't like AW doesn't mean that you don't have to, okay? Right. If you enjoy it, more power to you. I do think, though, that their fan base does turn off a lot of people to their product. I really do believe that. I really do. And I'll say why later on. But um, just look at the main event of this week's show. But we'll, but we'll, but we'll get into all that. Yeah. All right. Let's get to <laughs> our last set of questions here. Um, shout out to good brother Nate the Great at Psycho Nagiri. Love yeah. Nate. No. No. <laughs> Do you see us getting Kashida versus Roddy uh, Roderick Strong? Yes, I think they'll fight each other at Takeover. Uh, yes. Now that'd be that'll be a great match too. Yeah, that'd be that'd good. Be terrific. Uh, a barn burner, if you will. Um, do you like the takeover will be on Sunday following SummerSlam being on a Saturday this year? Uh, now, for those who don't know, they've decided to go with um, uh, Saturday for SummerSlam because that's the date that the stadium was available for this event. Um. I'm curious to see how it's going to be. I, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I don't remember the last WWE pay-per-view that was on a Saturday outside of NXT takeovers, you know. Um, but I, I'm I'm curious to see how this goes. But I I don't have a problem with it. To wrap up a big wrestling weekend, I, I think it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be great. And take the takeover shows are always fantastic. I can't wait for takeover to get back on the road or NXT to get back on the road and to do their shows in, in major venues because that is a – that is a special atmosphere is like an NXT Brooklyn or an NXT when we, Josh, when we got to see it in new Orleans, like that was awesome. So, um, but yeah, no, I think it's going to be a great match and I'm looking forward to, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to being on a Sunday. That'll be great. Um, Brett says, who will you like to see jump shift from AW to WWE that hasn't been in WWE for? I've got one pick, uh, Penelope Ford. <laughs> I have two. And it's, they're, they're the two best people in AEW, MJF and Dr. Britt Baker, D-M-D. Has Britt Baker been, has Britt Baker been in AEW or in WWE? I don't think she has. I think she's had a couple of pierces at NXT, but she's never been signed to the company. Yeah, so, so but no, MJF and DM and Britt Baker would be my two. All right, uh, who's been your favorite North American champion so far? That's a good question. I, I'll have to say it's probably Adam Cole. That's, that was my pick, too. Yeah, Undisputed Adam Era, Cole. baby. Yeah. Adam Cole, baby! Yeah, I, I don't yes. like his new theme song, but... Uh, I don't either. Yeah. But Adam Cole is the man, so I'll go with yep. him. Uh, let's see. What has been your favorite year of pro wrestling that you've been watching? Yeah, that's a tough question. Um, you know what, uh, Nate? I'll probably go with... Man, it's so hard because you got to tie in other stuff from other companies too. It's not just the WWE thing. I mean, I can pick something for over the last couple of years, you know. But I think for me as a kid, my favorite year of wrestling was probably either uh, 2003 or 2006. Um, only because I got to go to my first WrestleMania in Chicago. 
and and also that year DX came back as well. I thought that was a funnier than you got the John Cena Edge rivalry, Trish and Mickey James. Uh, that year really stood out to me. What what about you, Brother Carter? For me, it was 1998. You know, you've got it was right in the height of the Monday Night Wars. Um, the NWO was at its peak, and slowly over that year began its decline. But that was a very fun year. And then when the Wolfpack the internal struggles of the NWO. That was really cool. Um, over on the WWE side, I believe, is that the year I believe Austin won the title? See, correct. Was it? So Austin became a champion. Uh, you started to get great matches with the rock and triple H. Uh, so for me, 1998 was a very special year in professional wrestling history. Uh, also the same year that we had Hulk Hogan and ultimate warrior, but we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so, I can't. I can't. 98 also gave us very memorable moments, you know, mm-hmm. not necessarily for good reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. I, I, can't, I, can't wait for, I can't wait for Sting and Chris Jericho later on this year. Oh, God. You mean after he's busy dealing with 50 year old cruiserweights next week? Yeah. Where's the Disco Inferno at? By the way, I have a funny list of roll call of wrestlers that we're going to talk about that later on in this segment. But um, All right, next question for Nate. He says, what are your thoughts on the trope of a champion losing to someone to become the number one contender as opposed to two guys just facing for the opportunity? Um, this is an interesting topic because I, I see a lot, this is a topic that seems to bother a lot of people or like a – a thing in wrestling that bothers people that a champion loses on TV uh, for a big pay-per-view title match or whatever. Um, I really think the whole stuff of the wins and losses is so subjective and fluctuated to the point where I – do you want your champion to lose on television? Probably not. Is it a good look? Probably not. But the stuff recently with, like, the – uh, was it the championship contenders match that they're doing on Raw? Um, I just think it's up to what your preference is because are you the fan that says that you want matches to have stakes and consequences or you don't? That's the thing. It's like you can't say that you want more matches on TV to have more meaning than just a random cold match for wrestling purposes and then go on a soapbox saying, why is every match on Raw being labeled a championship contender? Like you can't have your cake and eat it too. Uh, that's a big issue I've seen in uh, society today. It's like you want one thing, then you get it, then it's another issue you want to bring up too. You know, it's, it's kind of defeats the purpose, you know. So uh, – for me, I just I think it's all up to what your preference is in wrestling. That's just my opinion. You know, and Josh, I equate it to if you're a Super Bowl champion and then you lose the next, you know, or like if you're on your way to winning a Super Bowl and you lose a couple of games, but then you meet up again in the playoffs and then you beat them in the playoffs on the way to the Super Bowl. It's the same thing. It's like, oh, they knocked off the Super Bowl contenders, so therefore these Super Bowl contenders shouldn't be in the playoffs. Really? You don't get better after a loss? You don't learn from a loss? Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're a champion and you get knocked off, oh, shoot, we need to get better at X, Y, and Z. And then you get better and then you come back and you defeat the, and then you go back and then you win the next game. So it's it's the exact same thing in professional wrestling. It, like mm-hmm. if a champion loses, they go, oh man, that didn't go so well. I have to watch out for this move and this move and this move and blah, 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 blah. And then they can come back and win or they can cheat and find a strategy to underhandedly win the championship because that's what smart wrestlers do and smart heels do so 
again, you're right, Josh. The whole wins losses thing doesn't matter, despite what other wrestling promotions think. Um, wins and losses do not matter, and it's all about long term storytelling and keeping you engaged from week to week. Right, and um, this is an interesting question here from uh, Nate. He says, um, "Do you think Chris Bay will be world champion by the end of the year?" I'll say this one because the impact related thing. Um, I don't. I, I think Chris Bay will more likely win the exhibition title at Bound for Glory um, later on in the fall than I think he would become a world champion. I think it's kind of early for that, but I do see Chris Bay holding some type of gold before the end of the year. That'd be my prediction. No. Uh, All right. How is um? How is Jay White just debuted an Impact? Didn't he? Yes. Is he, uh, he going to be a big deal in the company? I certainly hope so. I mean, you look at the ratings that Impact gets. Uh, that's the funny thing about Seltzer. Keep telling us how much of a draw that Kenny Olympia is. Like they, uh, I think I saw something where Impact drew like a hundred and twenty thousand viewers or something like that on Access TV. It's like really Olympia is a draw. Like I don't get me wrong, I do enjoy the the action that Impact's been putting out recently. Uh, they've been putting out good wrestling matches and. Um, the show's been more enjoyable than it was on the Destination America days, but, um, but uh, you know, it's it's really something, man. Like just because you have you you put a label on somebody, calling them the greatest wrestling artist out there, or the, the Michael Jordan professional wrestling, does not make it true. Kenny Olivier is not a draw as you make him out to be. He's not. <laughs> We're gonna get to that later. That's, you know, Dave, Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez, anybody else from the wrestling media that keeps trying to convince you that Kenny Omega is the greatest thing since Stone Cold Steve Austin or out of their ever fucking loving minds. So, um, I love Jay White. He's fantastic at what he does. He's great on the mic. He's great in the ring. But again, that's like I mentioned earlier. You have this partnership, but the only buzz you're getting through it is through Twitter and social media. It's doing nothing for television, and it's not drawing any more money. Are we in it for business or pass on the shoulder from Billy from Arkansas who's subscribed to Fightful uh, Unlimited or whatever their subscription thing on their website is? Like, what are we drawn to? Are we drawn to marks or trying to grab in new viewers? So you can tell all you want about all these partnerships with AEW and New Japan and NWA and Impact, but nothing is changing. Nothing is changing. And it's and it's Josh, it's getting confusing. Like I'm like I, I'm like, okay, well, where is this like for me? I'm you know, I watch WWE and AEW. That like I don't watch Ring of Honor. And not but not because I don't appreciate it or know what's going on. I just don't have time. Like this isn't my, you know, like there's and we've talked about this before, the, the, the wrestling world is so oversaturated with content Correct. it's hard to keep up with everything right so like well it's uh, even hard for me to keep up with sure <laughs> and you do this for a living but like they like last week and we'll get into this but like they, they talk about iwgp storylines and i'm like i have no idea what you're talking about like yeah and these are promotions that need to build an identity to draw more people to their shows if you're going back on tour 
so what's the identity when I'm hearing Matt Stryker and D'Lo Brown plug events for New Japan Pro Wrestling and who's popping up on AW Dynamite? Like when I want when I'm watching a wrestling show, I want to watch it for your show. I don't give a fuck about what New Japan or AW or WWE is doing while I'm watching Impact. Yeah, awesome. Congratulations. You all are slapping each other the ass. You got this partnership. Mm-hmm. Well, what is what's it doing for the long-term future of your promotions besides minimal and unsustainable buzz from dirt sheet marks? Correct. <laughs> if you're offended by that, I mean, you got to look at a bigger picture and get out of the bubble sometimes. Yep. Be honest. Um, all right, next question. Do you think NXT will be involved in Survivor Series this year? I do. What about you? Yeah, I, I hope so. Um, I, yes, but I'm not sure how yet. But yes. Um, is it time for MSK to lose the titles? Uh, no. To who? Like who, who? Who would they lose them to? You know. That's a good question. I I, I would drop them. I, if if they were to lose the team, I would love to see them lose to um, Imperium or Crystal oh, sure. uh, Gun Veterans. That would be my pick. Uh, I'm obviously biased to NXT UK, but <laughs> uh, no, well, maybe I, eventually the Legato del Fantasma, perhaps. I guess I, I I have more feeling that those guys are going up to Raw or SmackDown soon. So I would okay. Well, we can talk about that. I don't know if that's a good idea, but. I think it'd be a good idea if they had uh, Selena and Dale Renta be the talking part for their group, though. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, all right. Uh, those are the questions for Nate. We got one more question for the podcast. Okay. week. Uh, this comes from my friend Joel Wood at Gifted Money, a uh, guy who uh, pops up uh, in the comment section on these S&E shows that I do. <laughs> um, awesome. He says, you're going to love this one. Uh-oh. How many shows into CM Punk AEW career do you think before he cuts his first pipe bomb shot at WWE? He says he's going 0.5. Go ahead. You're the CM Punk guy, Josh. Go ahead. Uh, (laughs) I guess we should have this conversation now, I guess. Um, The anticipation for CM Punk is for him to appear on the stage, sit just like he did in Las Vegas, and cut the same promo that he cut 10 years ago. And then after that, what's next? That initial pop, that initial promo about WWE, a promo that's, what, seven years too late? When you could have made it a bigger impact and showed up at... Ring of Honor, when you had all those guys, the Young Bucks and the Elite and all that, when they were in Ring of Honor. And you could have done this seven years ago. We get this dirt sheet style pipe bomb promo, and then what's next? And again, Pug is my favorite wrestler. Pug's a hometown item for me. I'll always be happy for him. If he does show up in AEW, I'll be happy for him. I'm not going to come on here and shit on it. He, he does what he wants to do, and I, I respect that decision for him as his fan, you know. Um, but for me, it, it's not how many episodes are going to go in because you already know what's going to happen, and that's the only reason they're bringing them in, and that's all they're good at. 
is taking shots at WWE because they don't have an identity. You need to go at number one when you're insecure and don't have any self-awareness of the shows that you are producing. That's just facts. And I'm happy for CM Punk that he wants to get back in wrestling, but waiting seven-plus years to cut another Pipe Brown promo that you could have done during your feud with Triple H going into WrestleMania 30, but now you want to do it in AEW. It, it, of course, it's the first thing he's going to do. You're not going to stretch this out for a couple weeks, or you get, oh, we're going to get a pipe bomb promo on pay per view. You're not going to do that. It, whenever he shows up, he's going to cut that promo that night. And then what's next? Where do we go from here? So I, I tried to keep a level headed approach to this because, yeah, CM Punk is my guy, but I'm not going to act like a fucking Mark and be like, oh, he's going to cut the greatest promo ever when he comes back. I wa- I'm, I'm happy that he wants to come back to wrestling, but after seven years and cutting a- the same promo he did 10 years ago, does that mean anything? Does that change anything? Am I wrong for looking at it that way? No. Uh, Josh, that's exactly what's going to happen. They they want... Again, you, we, how many times have we talked about this? AEW does not care about building its own stars or about advancing the needle in the wrestling product. They care about look, patting themselves on, slap, like you said, slapping themselves on the ass, patting themselves on the back. Look what we did. We brought in all this talent that WWE doesn't want. And, you know, we're taking shots at our former employer or at, at the juggernaut. Great. Guess what, folks? There are more wrestling fans that watch WWE than watch AEW. Way more. There are way more. If you take, if you let, let's take the the wrestling fans that watch AEW and say that none of them watch WWE. Okay. Let's just let's just say, okay, you have two options. You have WWE, you have AEW. Guess what? Way more people are gonna watch WWE. So this AEW fan base that they're that they're, you know you know, that they're hyping themselves and they're taking all these shots at WWE, the people that watch AEW think that anyway. So, so what's the point you're, you're preaching to the choir here, you know, and I'll say this real quick, Josh, I actually wrote, I'll I'll take a moment to plug this. I wrote an opinion piece on wrestlingrumors.net. Please go check it out. Um, I said that AEW is a complete mockery of the wrestling business. (laughs) Take a guess what the comments back to me were. He's a WWE mark. He clearly doesn't watch the product. He clearly, but da 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 Right? So it's, and again, that's just my opinion. Um, I, I, I made that very clear in the piece. Like, this is just my opinion. If you don't like it, fine. But um, again, all of the, so what's happening is Tony Khan is paying all these, all this exorbitant amounts of money to market to a fan base that was going to buy in anyway. Correct. So what difference does it make? Uh, you'll get a few extra clicks on SportsCenter and on Bleacher Report. But those people, will they would click on that. Maybe, oh, that's kind of cool, blah, 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 blah. But they're not going to watch start watching the product. Is this something where Sid Puck shows up and you think they draw the same numbers as SmackDown? No. Like, yeah. of course not. 
So, anyways, um, sorry, Josh. Uh, I get, I get what you're saying. Um, let me go to the um, uh, wisdom part here. We we wrap up for our questions. So, shout yeah, yeah. out to Nate, Chris, and Sam for the awesome questions this week, guys. You guys and, uh, who, who's that last one? Josh. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Joel. Joel Wood. Shout out to Joel. He did a great question there. Thank you, Joel. Uh, really quick on the Wizards part, I'm not going to spend too much time on this. I've been seeing a lot of flack regarding Simone Biles and the stuff regarding her and her mental health. Uh, I'll just say it again. Uh, you are not in a position to judge somebody's uh, mental health. You're not. That's all I have to say about it. Really, like, people, when they're pump out their chest and they're vowed to try to um, judge her for putting her mental health first over money or uh, fame for the Olympics. Folks, mental health is not a thing as a defense mechanism. It's a real thing. And you really need to get your head out of your ass and actually realize that mental health is not something as a sign of weakness. It's real life. Okay? Uh, I, I found it very disgusting in a lot of ways, the stuff I was seeing on social media about this situation. I'm not going to spend too much time in because we don't need to, but you are not in a position or have any right to dictate how somebody goes about their mental health problems. Okay? That's just my opinion. Can I just add two things to that real quick, Josh? Number one, uh, I agree with you completely. Uh, and mental health is becoming a topic that is becoming way more prevalent now in our society than it had been 10 years ago. So I think a lot of these, quite frankly, cowards who are hiding behind their computer or these you know, political pundits who are hiding behind their computers and are trying to cater to a specific fan base um, – you know, they're 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 just they're just trying to pump their own chest and stuff like that, uh, because, again, they're just they're they, they don't know. Um, you know, I will I will I will always I will never judge somebody for going through something that I have not gone through because I don't know what they're feeling. And that's not fair to uh, I that 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 makes me a hypocrite. That makes me a blah, 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 because I don't know what they're going through. But mental health is becoming a topic that has become much, much, much more prevalent in our society in the last 10 years. We're learning more about it. It's acceptable to talk about it now. I think the pandemic really highlighted that, you know, as people were forced to isolate and be in quarantine. So, Josh, I agree with you 100%. Props to Simone Biles for being an advocate for mental health and doing what she felt was best for her. Um, she, she made it okay to not be okay. Exactly. And that's okay. It's, it's, it's okay to not be okay. And... To all of you people that are slamming her, you should be ashamed of yourself. You should be ashamed of yourself, and you are nothing more than absolute cowards. Correct. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say that whoever runs your uh, Facebook account for Wrestling Rumors should pin your article on top just to <laughs> piss them off even more. Uh, <laughs> Have you seen the comments, man? Oh, my God. This is absolutely insane. Uh, I, I I found a comment that I, I was telling you about earlier that I'm gonna read off later on. This okay. is absolutely amazing. Um, <laughs> okay, so we're gonna get to this week in WWE. Uh, really quick, we're not gonna spend too much time on it because uh, we're kind of in between parts of getting to the road to SummerSlam. So, um, 
just really quick, let's start off with SmackDown. And sure. I want to get your thoughts on the show uh, for Talked About. What, what stood out to you from last week's SmackDown? Yeah, um, good stuff. Um, the Cena promo to start the show I thought was absolutely fantastic. He's There's a reason why he's going to go down. You can make an argument for top three of all time. Um, that was great. I'm really looking forward to Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns. I think that's going to be terrific. I, I don't think that'll be the SummerSlam. Obviously, the SummerSlam match is Reigns versus Cena. But... Um, that yeah. match between Finn Balor, uh, Finn Balor getting his opportunity at the greatest at currently the greatest in the world right now um, is going to be absolutely terrific. And this actually is proof that it is OK to go to NXT for a little while and then come back up to either Raw or SmackDown because Finn Balor, it wasn't working out for him on Raw. He moved over to NXT, kind of revitalized his gimmick, his character. He's now come back to SmackDown as the prince and. He is going to be. He's going to be, a fan, give us a fantastic match against Roman Reigns. So I thought that was great. Cool to see Tony Storm. I hope we get to see more of her um, a little bit later. And um, yeah, overall, I enjoyed the show very, very much. What did you think? Those are just the the, the, the things that came to my mind. Yeah, I enjoyed the show too. Uh, for what it was, uh, for most of it, I um, the stuff with Jossie was cool. Um, I really enjoyed the segment with Edge and Seth Rollins. I yep. thought that was old school one on one of how to get a feud started. And um, Edge is the man. Uh, I can't compliment this guy enough for what he does. Uh, I thought the Rolling Loud stuff was okay. It didn't. It, it didn't take away from the show for me, but I, I thought it serves purpose. You got to look at it in the bigger picture. The fact that you have the crossover appeals to different markets. So that was my takeaway. And man, Bianca Bel- Belair looks good. My lord. Um, but um, th- they did announce that WWE for the first time are having a pay per view on New Year's Day. Uh, yeah. So it's interesting. I don't know what they're going to call it. Maybe you go back to New Year's Revolution or whatever. But I, 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 my thing for SmackDown this week is the Edge and Seth Rollins promo, but also the Roman Reigns epic promo. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> which was one for the ages. Um, but you know, I was watching it, and it's like, my God, what can this guy not do <laughs> at this point? And the stuff about the missionary position and all that—that that was awesome. That was so funny. That was great. Yeah. You got to acknowledge him. He's the tribal chief for a reason. He, mm-hmm. He's not playing around here, folks. It's not. It's not kids' game. Um. All right. Uh, real quick, Josh, I, and I want to get your thoughts on this. I. They announced that they're going to have a pay-per-view on New Year's Day. My initial reaction was I was a little leery about that because New Year's Day is already such a big sports day. You've got the Winter Classic. You've got um, two major college football games. You've got the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl. And I know you're not a college football guy, but there are a lot of people that will tune into those very special and historic games. So I just worry that that their uh, viewership would not be what it was because of the major other major sporting events that take place on New Year's Day, but that's just me. Yeah, I, I'm very interested in what they're going to do with it. Uh, it it's just it the time of it, it's interesting. Um, there's even even been some speculation about the Royal Rumble being that New Year's Day. I don't think that's going to happen, but um, no, that's for me. I feel like. With the fact they're on Peacock and they're not on traditional pay view, I don't think you have to worry about viewership. I think people will find a way to watch it when they can, and um, 
WWE, whether people are answering your product or not, are still find ways to trend on social media when their shows aren't going on. So I'm not really concerned about it from a college football standpoint or people take away from the audience. I'm just curious to see what they're going to do with that pay-per-view. That's, that's my thing. Uh, if anything, I don't think you're going to have a pay-per-view in December, so we'll have to see how that goes. Or they'll probably do the first week of December. You got to see how that goes. But uh, I'm curious that they're continuing to do these pay-per-views on Saturdays. Um, yeah. Try something different, I guess. So um, really quick, before we get to Raw, I wanted to mention really quick, uh, Finn Balor and Sami Zayn, I thought, had a really good match on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And also, let's let's give a round of applause for Baron Corbin. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, we have – we have Britt Baker Appreciation uh, Day in the AEW segment. Um, oh, by the way, Shocker, did you, guys, did you guys hear that? We said something positive about AEW. Listening is a skill, pal. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, Baron Corbin, he is killing it with this comedy stuff. Like, part of me wants to come up with ideas of things that he's saying that he's going through right now because <laughs> he's like, my house might go on foreclosure. His wife is disappointed. <laughs> He's losing money. And it's like, what do you mean? Uh, this is what I hate about Rusty fans that they take everything so literally and anal these days. Where it's like, um, you, yeah, look at Barry Corbin on Instagram. He has his fancy house. He works for the WWE. He's cooking these fancy, expensive ass steaks and stuff on social media. But he's playing a character on an entertainment show. Like, you're not going after the guy that played uh, Big Lebowski because he dressed like a fucking bum the entire movie. Yet the guy <laughs> made millions and millions of dollars. This is entertainment. <laughs> you right. can put your disbelief in that way. And it's good comedy. There's nothing worse in wrestling than bad comedy. So when it's good one, I, you have to point it out. He's killing it right now. <laughs> it's great. It's great. And especially the, the shot with... Uh, uh, Chassis Blackheart and Team Knots right to the uh, nether regions. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> no, that was great. Um, and I also read, Josh, um, I can't remember who reported this. Well, we, we covered it on Wrestling Rivers. They say that Baron Corbin backstage is one of the absolute best and nicest people to work with. Like, they say he's absolutely fantastic. Um, within three years, is Baron Corbin a world champion? I'm going to say yes. Uh, I, I would think so. One, you know, Jinder Mahal became a WWE champion. I don't see why Baron Corbin could. Be if he's that well liked backstage, why not give him a world title run? You know, I can see, I can see Corbin as a babyface too. Um, sure. With this thing, I, I don't know if it's super babyface, but uh, let's see how that plays out. Um, yep. Let's go to Raw real quick. Um, I saw a lot of things on Twitter. A lot of people were saying that this week's show was not that great. Um, I thought the show was okay. Um, yeah. I've seen better episodes of Raw, uh, for my opinion. But, um, again, a lot of my perspective on Raw is a little different because I'm watching it on delay. Like, I'm not seeing through three hours live. And for whatever reason, AEW decides that they want to have long ass wrestling matches on YouTube that bleeds into Raw on Mondays. I just, I'll never understand it. Um, AW Dark and Elevation just shows that you should air on the weekends, not during the week. Um, but that's another topic for another segment. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was watching Raw uh, in, uh, on delay, and 
I enjoyed the opening segment with Nikki and Charlotte Flair, and I think that was a lot of the crux of the arguments and debates about this week's show, about the whole uh, contendership thing, even though they announced it's a triple threat match. Let's look at it from a bigger picture standpoint, right? So the whole premise of Charlotte going after Nikki Cross is that she thinks she's a fraud, right? That she doesn't uh, belong. She doesn't. She's not the person to represent the the company as women's champion. So you don't think that Charlotte Flair is going to try to get a chance to hold the title walking into SummerSlam? Why do you think they're doing these rematches? Right. Like, there's more to meet the eye than what happens on one week of episode of Raw. That's the whole thing with the whole 80 thing. I need everything now, now, now. I need all the context clues for now, now, now. Now, as far as the show, there's stuff I could have did without. Um, I really don't care about Reginald and this. Uh, but even though Archie wanted the uh, the headpiece, I thought yes. that was so funny. That was he, needs to, he needs to be mic'd up for every match that he does. That was great. Yeah. I thought that was funny, but yeah, there's stuff on the show I could do without that wasn't really that crazy about. Uh, but like you have John Morrison and Riddle, I thought that was a pretty good match on the mm-hmm. show. Same thing with um, Damian Priest and Sheamus. Yes. Start off the feed for their uh their program, so that should be pretty cool. But um, really quick, I want to send some thoughts to Natalia. I'm I'm not sure where she's at with her injury, but that did not look good on Monday. So um, even Marie uh, still trying to find a way where she doesn't ever wrestle. It's pretty funny. Um, the greatest, the greatest troll, jo- the greatest troll job in all of wrestling, even Marie. I'll say this. I didn't think the commentary is that great this week. Um, uh, it, it got to the point where I was even laughing for the fact that uh, Miz was spraying Byron Saxon with the drip stick because uh, Saxon sucked so bad on Raw this week. Um, yeah, the concert was not good this weekend. I'm a big Corey Grace guy, and I, I have no issues with him personally or anything like that, but, boy, that guy oversteps Jimmy Smith a lot on this show. And it, it took away – at parts of my enjoyment of it while I was doing the transcript, it's like, I want to hear him. I want to hear Jimmy call the moves and call the match. It's like Corey Grace got to jump in like JL would do on Marlon Ronaldo back in the day. And it's like, let the guy fucking talk, you know? Right. <laughs> so the stuff like that took away from the show for me. I did not think Kansas City was a good crowd either. No. no. I'll, I'll say that. Um, now, that's another thing. Did they have anything to react to? That's subjective. That's up to your opinion. But uh, the, the, I, the ironic thing is that I think the loss they got on Monday was when Drew McIntyre came out. How ironic is that? Because everybody told me they were convinced that Drew McIntyre was going to be booed out of every building he went to when they went back on tour. So how about that? Mm-hmm. What, was your, what was your takeaways from Raw? Yeah, I'll, I'll just go through it real quick. Um. I actually like the opening segment too, Josh, and I think they're going to keep the title on Nikki Ash for a long time because she is a great ambassador for young fans. You know, and again, what have we talked about? WWE is a different animal. They have to market to a number of different fan bases. You know, they're trying, shocking, Josh, they're trying to build lifelong fans. So they're, they're marketing, they're marketing to children so that they will be patrons of the product for the next 50 years. Not fans. <laughs> oh, you mean to tell me that you can have a wrestling show that doesn't only appeal to 18 and 34 insecure marks? Shocking. I know, right? 
it, WWE has got a great champion in Nikki Ash in that, that they can market to young, particularly young girls, you know, to empower them and let them know, you know, that's they're, they're attracting a new fan base. It's a brilliant marketing strategy. Yeah. Um, I actually thought she had a great promo. I like Nikki Ash's champion. I'm glad she's finally getting her chance to shine. Um, my only thing is, uh, this is just me, Josh, and, 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 you know, I'll take heat for this if this is a bad take, but there are other superstars on the roster besides Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. Like, we haven't seen Oscar for a long time. We haven't seen, you know, it's we haven't seen these these wonderful competitors in the women's division for a long time. So it's like, you know what I mean? And, and maybe Oscar's hurt. I don't know. But um, we just, there are other options. You know, it's like we're getting Charlotte and Rhea again with now Icky, Nikki Ash thrown in there. And it's like, fine. But and so I'm hoping we'll get something new after. Maybe this is just to get us through SummerSlam and then we'll get some new matchups after SummerSlam. Yeah. But that's so that's fine. Um, I agree with you. Uh, Damian Priest is my favorite superstar on Raw right now. He has been for a while. Um, I, I'm really excited that he's going to I hope he wins the U.S. championship at SummerSlam. I think that's the way they should go. I called this a few months ago. I said Damian Priest. And you know this, Josh. Damian Priest is uh, how I feel about Damian Priest. That was great. Um, let's see a uh, good match with Keith Lee and carrying cross. I like that. Um, I've said this before. It is time to get rid of the T bar and mace names. Get rid of it. The masks are off. They're away from retribution. Call them who they are. Dio Madden and, and, um, Dominic Dijakovic. And actually Jim Cornette pointed this out. And this, he said this like a few months ago and he's like at WrestleMania, let's say, this this person is going to win the world title at WrestleMania. And now, here is your new world champion, T-Bar. <laughs> really? Or your new world champion, Dominic Dijakovic. Like, what sounds more powerful, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they needed to be T-Bar and Mace while Retribution was going on. I get it. Like, that's fine. But now the angle is over. They don't have their masks anymore. Please call them who they are. What What are your thoughts on that? I, I see your point there. I, I agree with you. I uh, also agree with your point uh, when it comes to the women stuff. But uh, I think it's more about you know any. It's getting through SummerSlam and see where things go from there. Uh, more than anything, um, as far as uh, T Bar base concerned, I, I really don't really get the comparison to the Leisure to Doom or the Ascension. Oh, yeah, they got face paint, but are they wearing shoulder pads? No, I don't. I, I really don't get that comparison for people, but like at some point you got to go somewhere and understand the fact that retribution is no more. So why is it had to be just T bar and mace? That's what I don't get from that. But uh, by the way, I also enjoy Ali and Mansoor. I, uh, I, I was about to say that's a, they, I like that too. That's a great team. By the way, yeah. Brooke, you want to know my favorite line for raw this week? Go ahead. Cedric, do you know how annoying your <laughs> the sound of your voice is? <laughs> My God, if I that dude should never. There's two people in wrestling, no three, that should never hold a microphone: Cedric Alexander, Jake Hager, and Matt Jackson. If I never had to hear a promo from any of those three, I'll be a happy camper. <laughs> I will say though, Josh, I and, and we. Well, and we can get into booking stuff later, but um, I still think, and you know this, Josh, I, I think they should have never broken up the Hurt Business, but, um, you know, this just kind of put the the stamp on, you know, Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, them getting just obliterated by Bobby Lashley because, you know, where do they go from there? You know, it's just like, 
they were in their heyday when they were with Bobby Lashley, but now that they're gone, it's like, well, that's the thing. You can beat them up to a certain point where he actually brings them back. Maybe I don't know. Um, the other thing I'll say is, and I know we need, to, I know, I know we need to move on, but um, Miz using the stuff with the drip stick at the end—that wasn't exactly a PG uh, moment there, John. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just the way like Riddle makes Miz tip over in his wheelchair is pretty funny to me. <laughs> Uh, and the last thing I'll say real quick, Josh, is I think Reginald is actually the perfect choice to be the 24-7 champion because all because his act is great for getting away from all of the challengers that are chasing after him. You know, he can use all this stuff to to get away. But that's yeah. just me. Yeah, until he tears his ACL. Uh, right, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've seen better shows than this one. Um, I agree. I, I did like the Charlotte and Nikki cross match at the, yep. the main event. I thought that was pretty good. Just watching it back on the transcript. I thought that was really good. Uh, so, yeah, it's an okay show. But, again, it's like I thought this week's show was more about plot points more than anything. Like, you're not getting all the context clues for all these views going to subset. So, uh, i hoping, of course, you know, uh, you always want to have a good show when you attend one live. So, uh, I don't think they're going to go through the motions in Chicago. They always try to bring something – big for that show so um it'll be nice to see goldberg uh you'll be in the house for that event so i, I think we'll have a, good, a better one uh this well Monday. they have to because they know the crowd they get in chicago like they know the and you they're gonna you know what josh they're gonna have to address the punk chance because it's coming you know the punk chance are gonna be coming well mvp is on a uh, cheap heat tour right now. He he buried Dallas last week. He buried the Chiefs this week. I thought that was awesome. Honestly, uh, I see you're all still upset about Tom Brady. <laughs> you, you know what he should do to get it out of the way? He should address CM Punk during his promo and just say, I, I'm, I know the chance are coming, so let's just get it going. The best in the world ain't the best in the world or something like that, you know? And you're looking at a real MMA fighter <laughs> right here. He should totally do that. That would be great. It's going to happen. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Um, really quick, before we get to our main event, Sam, I do have a couple of things I want to mention. XUK today, uh, we got Mustache Mountain, the team of Tyler Bate and Trent Seven against Symbiosis, uh, uh, a really cool new team they have in XUK. Um, alongside Eddie Dennis, uh, Jordan Devlin's on the program today, so that should be fun to watch him wrestle. Uh, a beautiful woman, by the way, Aoife Valkyrie against Ginny. That's gonna be an awesome match. And I think Stevie Turner's back to wrestle this week, she's fighting uh, Aaliyah James. But by the way, folks, make sure one second, let me take a quick swing of water. Yeah, XUK. Drops today at Peacock. Make sure you watch ACK each week. It's the best show that WWE produces every single week. But um, I thought um, last week's show was really good, and I'm really excited to see Walter and Dragunov at TakeOver 36. You know, Twitter can have Kenny Omega and Okada. It's the greatest match that's ever lived. But I'll take Walter and Dragunov matches over that any day of the week. Um, so... Yeah, uh, and <laughs> is where it's at, folks. Uh, make sure to enjoy that show. Um, all right, we're at the one thirty mark. I timed this out perfectly, so folks, we're about to give you what you need 
what you really, really need. And it's an experience unlike any other. It's affectionately known as What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. We're going to start this off in a three, two, one. It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. Everything! Oh my God! God! I, I, I can't take it anymore, Josh. Everything is wrong with AEW. The worst wrestling, major wrestling promotion in the world. And it's not close. It's not close. All right, let's go. Josh, do you, you want to know when I was done with AEW this week? The moment that the elite made their entrance, oh, I was God. done. For the week, <laughs> the world champion elite squad. You know the sucky thing about that. I, I, when I go into watching Diamond, I want to actually see what good can come out of it, and I try to see some positive direction. And then they have this really cool video package with Hangman Page and Dark yeah, Order, and I was good. I like that. Yeah, I like their edges. I thought it was really cool. And then we got the fucking Goof Squad coming out. So you mean to tell me that you're putting the elite at the same level as the Chicago Bulls from the 90s? You are smoking crack. <laughs> to think that Kenny Omega is on the same level as Michael Jordan is saying that Justin Bieber is on the same fucking level as Michael Jackson. Correct. statements are not true. Wait, <laughs> They're not. Okay. okay. Just these idiots keep saying that Kenny Omega is from North Carolina to try to get this freaking pop from this crowd. It's documented he's from Canada. Like, and then freaking Don Callis. Oh my God, he's yeah. You're right, Josh. He's the Michael Jordan of our Don Callis needs to go the fuck home and stay the fuck home. I I hate Don Callis. Yeah, Justin Robertson uh, joined him as well after that. Correct. Oh God. I wrote about this, Josh, and, and I wrote about this. AEW is no longer a serious wrestling promotion. It is designed to be a parody of everything about the business. Why should we take them seriously? Also, who, with all this crap, who from this wrestling promotion is going to find work anywhere else? Because who's going to look at somebody like Hangman Page, Jungle Boy, Darby Allen, and take them seriously? Yeah. Who is going to, you know, like, who will look at them and go, man, he worked in AEW. Let's get him on board. Like, uh, here's let's do the roll call here. We got the Goof Brothers. We got the Goof Bucks. We got Kenny uh, Goof Mega, Brandon Gooflet, uh, Michael Goof 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 Go the fuck home. Knock the fuck off, as uh, Jim Cornette would say. Uh, Nakazawa. Um, my God, not even the entrance. Let's think about this. Picture this match with this match layout happened on Monday Night Raw. I want to throw that to those listening to this segment right now. Picture this much show nonsense, this 10-man tag team carnival vest that I spent – this is a shoot. I spent an hour and 20 minutes typing out this entire match. 
last night. An hour and 20 minutes that I can't give back. And you guys want to sit here and tell me that I hate AEW? If I hated AEW, I would put the show off to later on today and post it a day later. So think about that for one second. This match layout, and you got the dead quartz ref as out, out there doing what he usually does. Late teams running the team, uh, late teams running to the team up, running in the ring illegally, uh, constantly, and doing. <laughs> By the way, the, the greatest athletes in the world, the Umbus, can't even do a alley oop indie taper <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> Here and then we have this shitty four man announce move where JR and uh Doc Callis are arguing and bickering with each other, and it's like who's getting over in this match? And it's like I it's one thing to have an AEW tag team match where rules are not applied to referees or made to be look stupid, but picture it being an elimination match and 10 people in it. It's like I'm. I feel like I'm at the zoo watching this show. Like it's a free for all fest, and the whole match sucked. Yes, the was, entire match went thirty minutes. Did I, I've, I've got the time right here, Josh? It was uh, twenty five minutes and thirty seven seconds. Mm-hmm. But I will say there was one pretty cool sequence in there when they. Uh, I can't remember what. Between the Dark Order, uh, they were all. They, it was a big. Do you know the one I'm talking about? Yeah, it's probably John Sil- Silver running out on the outside and doing his stuff, right? There, and then it, it got into something where they uh, they went back and forth. I can't remember who it was, but um, are you talking about great? Uh, are you talking about uh, Alex Reynolds doing the superplex? The I think outside? that might be what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a pretty cool sequence in there, so I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. But you're right, Josh. Overall, this was this was a complete waste of time. The Goof Squad, again, repeat, the Goof Squad. There's nothing elite about the elites. No. And if Hangman Page does not beat Kenny Omega at All Out, that's a damn shame because Kenny Omega and the elite have done jack shit as far as gaining new buzz for AEW. And you know why that is? Why are they the ones closing out the shows over the last month? Think about that. You have this big long-time storytelling arc of Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, yet they can't uh, close out the shows on their main television show. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, let, let's go to the next part of this extravaganza here. Uh, we saw Pac having a conversation with uh, Andrade. Really don't know where that's going. Maybe Pac and Andrade at All Out. I'm fine with that. Whatever. Sure, that'll be that'll be fine. I, I know you and I disagree on Andrade, Josh. Um, I know you're not a <laughs> I think he's generic in the ring, but I'm not saying that he's a bad performer. That's the, that's just my point on it. But sure. um, but again, yeah, that, that four man announcement is so ridiculous, man. Hey, I don't know what's more stupid: the young bucks trying to do an alley oop indie taker on the floor, or Brandon Color spraying the young bucks in the corner, wherever it is. Uh, oh my god. Lily, if you look at the title of our podcast this week, it's perfect to how I felt after typing out this show last night. I'm fighting for my own sanity. I don't know what the hell I sat through last night, to be honest with you. I don't know um, what you sat through either, dude. Yeah, so we uh, went into FTR against Santana and oh, Ortiz. Hey, hey, hold on, Josh. Right before that, there actually was a segment I did like, which was uh, the F- the Taz and the FTW segment. Yeah. I actually, I actually thought that was great. Um, 
the second line band to bring Ricky Starks to the ring, I actually thought was a really nice touch. Um, I like I like that. I thought it was cool to see the band. I thought that was cool. Uh, Ricky Starks cuts a good promo. My thing with this seven is that I'm I'm ready for these guys to go in different directions. That was my thing. Um, I like Ricky Starks before, but I think him and KG to go in separate directions. And I don't think this is something that you can stretch out to all out. I don't. Um, you can <laughs> do it on a dynamite, but I I'm not sitting through another whole month of Ricky Stark and Brian Cage segments. Sure. I do like the idea of the feud, though. It makes sense. Um, this, is one of the, this is one of the storylines in AEW that I'm actually intrigued by because of Ricky Starks and Brian Cage. But I, I don't know. You want to talk about generic? Look at Brian Cage. You know, I hate to say that, but, you know. There's a lot of generic stuff on the show. I call it AGW. I don't call it AEW. It's all generic. So, anyways. But, okay. Uh, but then also, Josh, we get um, Hiroshi Tanahashi making an appearance on our television be- for some stupid reason. Um, this is actually one of the things I did like on the show uh, last night. Um, Tanahashi's the biggest niche band uh, performer that they are bringing in so far for the ones that have showed up so far. Oh, okay. Um, Tanahashi, um, in a lot of ways, has been the John Cena of New Japan Pro Wrestling. And this oh, okay. is for him to show up, uh, whether it's on Dynamite or whatever, but it looks like Lance Archer and Tanahashi are going to have a match at the New Japan pay-per-view in Los Angeles called Resurgence on August 14th. So, um, bringing in Tanahashi in would be pretty cool uh, for the, the U.S. that never seen him wrestle before. So, uh, I think it's actually a good gift for AEW. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. I, I was not expecting Tanahashi to appear on there, but I thought that was pretty cool. Okay. Like again, see, I don't know much about New Japan, um, and I, I, I'd heard the name Tanahashi, but I didn't really know. So this gives me some good backstory. So I, I, but again, if you're not a, if you're a casual fan, you don't know who that is. You know what I mean? So, okay. Anyways, you were, you, you were talking about the tag match. Go ahead. Yeah. We got FTR against Santana Ortiz. And this is the match that I would have started this, uh, much show fest with, um, there's a couple of things on Dynamite I did like last night. And I think that's kind of a misnomer of what we do say. We don't hate every single little thing that happens on this show, but it's like the hyperbole that I see on this program on Twitter all the time. It's like they do no wrong. They make no mistakes. They're the masters of booking. I saw that tweet last night from somebody. They're the masters of long-term storytelling. And nobody has a bigger uh, nobody has a better live event feel than uh, AEW. I'm like, <laughs> stop bending over for Tony Khan. He's not going to put it in your ass, so like, please stop. <laughs> um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go, you go ahead. It's all good. I was going to say, going back to the previous segment, JR said there are no places for trombones in wrestling. Was that another shot at WWE? Uh, probably. <laughs> did, did you did, did you catch that comment when um uh, th- when Brian Cage came out and beat up the band? He was and Jr. said, "Well, there's no places for trombones in WWE." I think he was taking another shot at the, it was taking a shot at the New Day, you know, with or, no places for trombones in wrestling. So I think he was taking a shot at WWE there, but that's just me. But uh, I, I enjoyed the tag match too, Josh. I thought this was a good match. Um, again. Good wrestling on a wrestling product. What a concept. Yeah. Uh, not for me. 
Um, I, I, I enjoyed the match uh, for XCR and uh, Saints Hand Ortiz Hub, but, you know, Cash Wheeler got a nasty bruise. He did not yeah. good. Um, hopefully he's doing all right. But um, besides that, like, um, here's the thing. You could tell the crowd was kind of indifferent in portions of this match because you spent the first half of the show doing a 30-minute carnival fest and doing a bunch of gazillion spots and to have heels win, and then you'd follow it up with another tag team match where a heels win again. <laughs> and that This is the stuff with the formatting show that I just don't get. You don't Traditionally, you don't start a wrestling show with two long, drawn-out tag team matches. At this part of the show, this took the win out of my sales for me. Mm-hmm. Then we got into some other stuff uh, backstage. They they announced the United Center show. We talked about that earlier. Um, we, then we got into Lance Archer against Hikaleo. Um, by the way, Hikaleo, another guy I see on New Japan Strong each week. Uh, young talent. Um, the son of Haku and the brother of the Grills of Destiny. Uh, I like Hikaleo. He's done a lot of good stuff on New Japan Strong. And even though this match was kind of short uh, when I was typing it out, uh, but this was more to make Lance Archer look good, so I understand why they did it. But yeah. Hikaleo's a good talent. It's a guy you should uh, keep your eye on as the most go on. So this didn't really bother me. This is the type of matches I would like to see more on AEW where they're having the matches enhance the main people on the show. They try to use that for dark, but you watch dark, it's just matches to pad stats. It's not getting people to another level or making them look good. That's that's the problem. So uh, when it comes to this match, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I liked it. What was your cool. thought? I, I, I agree with you, Josh. I thought this was a cool match, too. Again, we're objective here, you know? This was a good part of the show. AEW did something right here. This was great. Very cool to see King Haku. Um, you know, I've, I've been a fan of Haku's for a long time. I think he, unfortunately, I think in WCW, he got overshadowed by the NWO and uh, didn't really get a chance to to be what he, like the dominant force that he could have been um, as as in, 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 in WCW. But um, yeah, no, I, I thought that the match itself uh, was fine. And like you said, it was it was to pump up Lance Archer and I, and I had no problems with that at all. So that was great. Well, what's nice that we need to... Um... Okay. Then we get into before... Okay. We get into Cody Rhodes in an interview, but uh-huh. we get another backstage brawl with Malachi Black who we haven't seen on television in what? Three weeks? Yeah. So all of a sudden we're supposed to remember who he is and then he comes out and attacks Cody Rhodes. Fine. Uh, that was... <sighs> Stupid. You see how much of a geek Tony Khan looked like? Yes! <laughs> and then we get Miro and his open shot for the TNT. Now, apparently he's got a new gimmick now. You, you, I saw a tweet from you, Josh, that said like his new theme music is cool. Yeah, I do like his new theme music. It's pretty good. Uh, I saw something there called him the Redeemer or something. Yeah, is that his new gimmick that he's like the, the savior of AEW now, and he's... Is he like the new messiah now? <laughs> I don't know. It'd be so funny because people are like shitting on Seth Rollins because he played a messiah character, but now Mir's doing it, and now it's like awesome, you know? Like, it's like the double standard stuff we talk about all the time. This was my issue with this. And for those who are listening, I want you to like try to grasp this and think about it in the top of your head if you listen to this, right? We had... 
announces that Miro is putting his TNT title on the line against Lee Johnson. By the way, Brad Carter, do you know what Lee Johnson's record is in AEW? I don't. And I, I would guess it's like 3 and 10 or something like that. It's 13 and 34. And by the way, you want to know how this match was made? So AEW is going to pop up this mobile app where you can be a booker and they kind of it's like a mobile gaming app or whatever. So they had a tournament, and the winner of that tournament got to pick a match for AW Dark Elevation, and the winner of that match would fight Mira for the TNT title. And guess who was in the match? It was Lee Johnson and Luther. Oh what? God. Are you <laughs> shitting me, Josh? No, I am not shitting me. This is this actually happened. If this is not further proof that the IWC dictates what happens on AEW every week, I don't know what is. G oh god. Luther against Lee Johnson to qualify for the TNT title. And you want to tell me that your wins and losses in AEW matter? You are complete You're completely full of shit. <laughs> I'm just calling it what it is. So Miro's going to run through Lee Johnson, and then what? So here's what you're saying, Josh. You've got all of this talent on your roster that is featured in somewhat prominent roles on television each week. Jungle Boy, um, Sammy Guevara. And I know you don't like Sammy Guevara, but he is featured you know, in a prominent storyline. Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy, Darby Allen. MJ, I mean, I know, and I, and I know they're involved in other storylines, but you get you get my point. You have all this great talent that could challenge for their secondary title, but instead you're getting a guy from AEW Dark who is essentially at the bottom of the rankings that I have not seen on my television in I don't even know how long because I don't watch Darker Elevation because I don't have time, or I'm watching Raw on Monday. But this person is going to get the challenge for your secondary title. Like, are you kidding me? How mm. does that make sense? But Booker of the Year, pal. Like, how does that make absolute any freaking sense at all? It doesn't. It doesn't. This. Uh, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna destroy Lee Johnson. Lacey. Then who's he gonna? Then what's he gonna go through next? Uh, yeah, Luther. Um, maybe. Butcher, I like who's next? I the candlestick maker. <laughs> the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. Um, <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. We had this conversation last night at SD about it, but like I wouldn't rush Jungle Boy to fight Miro. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. By the way, if you want to make Miro look good, have him fight Christian Cage. And right. I'll have Miro be the guy to end Christian Cage's undefeated. Record in you're a bringing in all this ex WWE talent, put them to use. Don't just you know sign the check so they can just go out there, stand there, collect their big payday, and go home. Like, yeah, I, I the fact that Lee Johnson and Luther was a match, let alone to qualify for TT top matches, is absolutely mind boggling to me. Hey, they do no wrong though. Um, <laughs> by the way, I got the, the comment lined up, yeah, please go ahead. So uh, I'm not. I'll, I'll say that in a couple of minutes. But we got our something to talk about here. So we had speaking of Christian Cage, we had Christian Cage and the Jungle Express against uh, the Hardy Family Office. Um, 
it was what it was for me. Uh, I, I was mostly indifferent in this match. Uh, the fact that Christian Cage and Stunts of Grove had to run after Matt Hardy and his <laughs> was uh, something that I really <laughs> about. And of course, we have Aubrey, Aubrey Edwards doing what she does best, being the shitty ref in the tag match. Uh, well, I'm still popping for that line last week. It was a consistent Aubrey Edwards rounds. She's the worst referee in televised wrestling today, and it's not. I don't know. Uh, Rick Knox might be up there, too. I can't go after him. He's kind of old, so I can't really knock him that bad. But, um, yeah, um, I I don't know what this serves, to be honest with you. I've been kind of indifferent, and they jam the Hardy family office down my throat a lot on Dark, man. They have – Prime Party matches, The Blade, and Helico, and Jack Evans matches all in one episode. It's like I have so much fatigue from the Hardy family office, and uh, I've been saying it for months that the Jurassic Express needs to split up, so I don't really know who got over in this match, but um, yeah, it was what it was for me. And then um, really quick, um, we had uh, Thunder Rosa beating Julia Hart. No problem there. It was what it was. Um, trying to remember anything else backstage, if there was anything else to be. Oh, no. by the way, I thought Moxie's promo in the back was kind of goofy. No, nobody's running from you. Right. <laughs> nobody's running away from you. Like, Fine. Uh, uh, or what are you, a heel now because you lost the title? Boo-hoo. Um, I'll just say real fast, Josh, um, I'm all in on Thunder Rosa. I think she's great. And, she's um, awesome. I can't wait to see another match. If they could just let her and Britt Baker have a match and not a lights out bullshit, just let them have a wrestling match exactly. and see what happens. Uh, speaking of outlaw much old bitch, uh, bullshit, let's get to the main event of the evening, folks. Here we go. This is really what the hell is wrong with AEW. So we have the the Ayatollah of the Rona, uh, Chris Jericho, taking on a well-known uh Flea market wrestler in Nick Gage on uh, worldwide television. We had light tubes, we had pizza cutters, uh, we had those things where you jam it into somebody's forehead. I don't know what the hell those are called, but you saw everything and the sun in this match. Now, I'll say this I'll, I'll do respect to Chris Jericho and what he put his body through last night, but outside of that, this was completely great. A bullshit nonsense that I have no time for. And I'm starting to realize that if this was going on in ECW without if I if I was this age and I was in that era of the 90s, I don't know if I would enjoy ECW as much. But now that I'm thinking about it, like this deathmatch garbage ass wrestling is so ridiculous to me. And the funny thing about this is this hasn't got me any more excited for MGF and Chris Jericho, which is the point of this feud and the whole labors of Jericho. So, of course, Chris Jericho wins. Is he, he has the Crimson Mass. MGF, uh, you know, does a great job on concert again uh, this week. But you watch this, and <clears throat> this sports-based wrestling, this is the thing that's going to change the – the, the balance of power of uh, wrestling is going to shift. I remember when Tony Khan uh, tweeted that the, the balance of power is going to shift. <laughs> yeah, with flea market wrestling matches. Yeah, uh, 
Keep telling yourself that, pal. But, you know, I see that was the first Nick Gage match I ever transcribed. And after typing that down last night, I hope it's the last one that I typed out. Uh, this was embarrassing. Uh, it's a fucking joke. I don't know. I don't know what the people at doing when they were watching this match, but uh, Tony Schiavone's like, oh, this is the place to be, is it not? Okay, so we got a a show that can't admit to themselves that they want to be WWE and sports entertainment, yet touts that they're real pro wrestling and that they're wrestling so superior than everybody else. This is the same fan base who thinks that AEW's wrestling is so superior than everybody and acts pretentious. It reminds me of people that I went to high school with, like these pretentious-ass dweeb AP Algebra, AP, uh, English people, people who are snarky, morose, who think their shit don't sink and think they're uh, smarter than other people because of yada, yada, yada. And it's like, first off, look in the mirror, and secondly, go fuck yourself. Uh, and here's the thing if you're into this much show, garbage wrestling, more power to you. But for me, as somebody who wants to invest in a different wrestling promotion outside of WWE, this does nothing for me. And it's absolutely embarrassing that this this is the way they close this program and that, that your big announcement for next week is bringing out Juventud Guerrero. This is a fucking dirt sheet wrestling promotion. That's all it is. You know why Juventud is still relevant in the community, in the wrestling community? Because... Conan and Disco Inferno bring them up, and they have a segment with Juventud Guerrera on keeping it 100. Literally, this is a fucking Mark Bates wrestling promotion. The storylines is written by anybody that comment on a wrestling post on WrestlingRumor.net's Facebook page or any other website. I'm just calling it what it is. You know why those people get in their feelings? And so defensive, and they're going after your article. Guess what? Because AW is a representation of them. That's what it is—a niche audience of insecure marks who can't get, can't move on from the '90s. That's what it is. You got people that are interfaced because WWE bought out WCW, and it's taking the wrestling industry twenty years to find a promotion that has actual money behind it. And I, I want to get your thoughts on it, but again, just completely embarrassing that this match was a main event of a live worldwide television broadcast. Okay. <clears throat> Full disclaimer, Josh. The death match thing is not for me. I am not a fan of the death match. It is not my cup of tea. Um, if you like that stuff, that's cool. I, I you know, more power to you. This is not my cup of tea. Okay. I have several thoughts about this. Why the hell would a legend like Chris Jericho and Chris Jericho is a legend. Like he is a legend of this business. Why does he have to relegate himself to having a pizza cutter put across his face? What does that do for his legacy? What does that do for the longevity of the greatness of the career of Chris Jericho? Oh, he's won world titles. Someone put this out there. I think it actually might have been Jelly Nutella put this out there. 20 years ago to the date, I believe it was, 20 years ago to the date of this match, 
He defeated The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin on the same night to win the Undisputed Championship. 20 years later, he's getting a pizza cutter put across his face. If that does not tell you how the career of Chris Jericho has spiraled downhill, I don't know what it is. And Jericho was my favorite, one of my favorite performers growing up. I thought the stuff he did in WCW was gold. It was great. I loved it. He has to relegate himself to getting a pizza cutter across his face and light tubes smashed across his head. Like, that's what he, his career has relegated to. What does that do for his rest, for his, for his legacy? Right. AEW botches on Twitter put this out, and, and, and I, I echo with this sentiment completely. We are witnessing a mockery of professional wrestling. Gage doesn't know how to wrestle. This is the lowest point of Jericho's career. Yeah. Can, can you argue any differently? Like, no. if you would rather, okay, here's what Chris Jericho has done across his career. Defeated Austin and Rock in the same night getting a pizza cutter shoved across his face in the main event of a mud show wrestling promotion. Right. Like what, what does that say about what Chris Jericho is doing this for? Like you said, Josh, Nick Gage is a well-known felon. He has gone to jail multiple times. And listen, I'm all about people getting second chances and all that kind of good stuff. Like, absolutely. Like people make mistakes all the time. If they can learn from it and get their lives turned around, Cool. I have no problems with that at all. But then he went back and did it again. Or like he's done stuff like something is not right with this dude. But okay, I wrote an article, Josh, um, that said that AEW makes a complete mockery of the wrestling business. To me, this main event was a complete mockery of the wrestling business. You've got this outlaw deathmatch crap where the objective is to literally almost kill your opponent. Like, they put themselves in positions where if something goes wrong, they could, like, a piece of glass could cut an artery or something like that. Like, they could literally bleed out and die on television if something goes wrong. But yet, this is featured on cable television where there was no viewer discretion is advised, by the way. You know, there was, like, I know TNT sometimes runs, like, their movies where they have, you you know, issues and sensitive content. But they put a disclaimer on there. They don't do that with this show. Like this is this is being viewed by objectionable young people who could go out and try to do this on their own family members. Like, oh, dude, I'm gonna go whack my sister with a with a you know a, 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 a you know with with a pizza cutter or something like that because I saw it on AEW. Like, right. really, <laughs> really? Like, seriously, well, this could happen. The executives at Turner, somebody at Turner, should be fired for incompetence for allowing this to be displayed on cable television there's a place for deathmatch it's pay-per-view it's not on cable television that can be easily viewed by the by the audience this was horrible this was a AEW should be embarrassed and ashamed for allowing this on their television um but again this is what happens when you have a mark running a program thinking oh man deathmatch this is going to be great no it's not like this is i i had to turn like if it wasn't for our segment josh i would have turned this off if it wasn't for our segment, I would have turned this off because of just how embarrassing with this. And then, boy, so to top that, what are we going to do? We're going to bring out a 50-year-old cruiserweight to try and re- to try to recreate something from 25 years ago. Like, what what is AEW doing to advance the wrestling to advance the wrestling world except try to get some nostalgia props from a very very small internet fan base? Yeah, I, and, I don't yeah. get it. 
again, if you're a casual viewer, who gives a fuck that Jericho and uh, and Juventud Guerrero had a feud 25 years ago? Who cares? Correct. Who cares? Who are we going to bring out next? We're going to bring out Gilbert because we got to, you know, they got to have some WWE reference every single week. So the week of SummerSlam, that Dynamite will feature Gilbert in the ring. You know, he'll fight Jericho as a labor Jericho. It'll it'll be Chris Jericho uh, wearing a blindfold with his hands tied behind his back against Gilbert. That'll be the match. I I can see it. Right as it's going on. Like, look, we're gonna have Perry Sanders, like you mentioned yesterday, Disco Inferno. Uh, we're gonna bring back Scotty Riggs from WCW. Um, what or are we gonna bring Kurt Angle out in Pittsburgh in a couple weeks? Is that the match that we're gonna do? Like, oh my god, is this making you any more excited for MGF and Chris Jericho? Because it starts telling, no, <laughs> Wait, here's nothing, Josh. And, and prob- when was the last time we does MJF wrestle on dark or elevation? No, barely. So when was the last time MJF has actually been in a ring? Sammy Guevara match. That was the last match he had. Right. So a month like, ago. Right. So like even Kenny Omega wrestles from time to time on their on their on their programs. And then you compare it to WWE. Roman Reigns wrestles all the time on SmackDown. Bobby right. Lashley wrestles all the time on Raw. Carrying Cross. Like they all wrestle like and again, I love MJF. He's a highlight of their company. But I'm starting to wonder if MJF can actually wrestle. Because when was the last time he actually was in a wrestling match on on tele, on any program? Like, And I love MJF. Don't get me wrong. Here's the other thing that pisses me off, Josh. And I wrote my opinion piece, and I want to hear this comment. But everybody, when I said that AEW makes mockery of the wrestling business, they said, well, do you watch WWE? They do the exact same thing. And I'm like, and I even acknowledge, like, yes, WWE does do some of this stupid stuff all the time, like the Symphony of Destruction match and the, you know, 34th Street Fist Fighter or whatever. Yes, they do some of these same things. But AEW markets themselves as an alternative. They market themselves as a sports-based wrestling promotion, yet they do this grade A homogenized bullshit. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Why would you market yourself as something different when you do the exact same thing as a company that will always live rent-free in your head? Why? It's not the same. I'm sorry, it's not different. It's the same, except you're paying a lot more money and getting a lot less of an audience and a fan base. Like, it makes no sense at all. I acknowledge the fact that WWE does some of this stuff too. But again, it's a whole different marketing campaign. Well, here's the thing. We're talking on a segment about AEW. And every time we do the segment, I like to remind people that I don't mention WWE in this segment. I don't even mention their booking on this show. Because I my critiques is the actual product in the ring. Well, I, I, we're talking about AEW. I, I haven't mentioned, oh, this happened, so this is the reason why WWE is better. I haven't done that once since we've done this segment together. Not once. You can go back to the tapes. Yep. And the thing is, it's like, what what's this appealing to? Oh, you get you're getting pats on the back for Seltzer and Alvarez. But here's the thing, they're in the fucking creative meetings. So why are those the guys that you're getting approval from? Why is that why is that the people that you're trying to seek validation from? 
it, it, it's just embarrassing. I can't wait to hear what Cornette has to say about this because that's <laughs> comedy gold to the likes of George Carlin back in the day. Uh, but again, again, if you enjoyed this show and you enjoy AW and they do no wrong, more power to you. I'm not going to tell you to not watch AW or feel anything. This is just my opinion. This is Bert Carr's opinion. But right. this is towards the people with the hyperbole and act like they do no wrong and stuff like that. That's the stuff that we're addressing on here. Uh, by the way, to pull your article, because we got to wrap this up soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So um, you had your article, you did a fantastic job. Thank you. I saw a comment on there and I'm going to mention the names. Here's a guy named Matt blaze. So bear with me as I read this out loud to process and the point of, this is what an AEW fan sounds like, and this is what they're appealing to, okay? You just don't get it, do you? It's not about what hasn't been done before. It's about presentation, exciting the crowds, performers giving their all to entertain the fans. W used to be that way in the late 90s and early 2000s. Ever since they went public, they became a washed-down kiddie show with the same participants in the same matches. If you go back in history, wrestling has always been about violent, bloody, and had compelling stories that led up to fuse. Wrestling has always been scripted violence on the same level as real violent sports like boxing, MMA, and even football. What? What WWE is doing, and you really can't blame Vince McMahon for it, is keeping shareholders happy. Well, hold up. Let me pause that real quick. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Brett Carter, but isn't the point of professional wrestling to make money? Yeah, because, you know, Josh, I, I, I know it's hard to believe, but... Is it, is it supposed to... Hold up. Are you supposed to make money or appeal, uh, make dirt cheap wrestling fans jizz in their pants? W which one is it? Believe it or not, Josh, you need money to actually have a wrestling promotion so that you can pay your people. Exactly. Let's continue. Uh, keeping Fox Sports and streaming services happy by toning down the violence so the money keeps piling up. You see, WWE's money does not come from the wrestling itself, but the big TV deals they've made. So this is why AEW is better, because they've gone back to the roots of... <laughs> They got back to the roots of wrestling, which is scripted violence, bloody matches, and over-the-top promos. And right now, this is what final light is right here, right? AEW is kicking WWE's ass with a lot of exclamation points. I want to congratulate Matt Blaze for typing out the stupidest comment I've seen in 2020. <laughs> that includes conversations about COVID-19, uh, where the earth is flat, the Black Lives Matter uh, debates and stuff like that. Um, this has to be up there with one of the stupidest things I've seen this entire year. So you mean to tell me that Le Dinner Debonair is the roots of professional wrestling that Marco Stunt, Jelly Nutella, Luther, um, we can keep going down the list here. The Luther Goof Brothers. Brothers. Yeah, this is the root of professional wrestling, right? Oh, oh, oh. run it when you're done, Josh. I have one more funny thing, but go ahead. Yeah, having death matches three consecutive weeks on television is the roots of professional wrestling. Get the fuck out of here. This what what this comment does, Josh, it proves my article true. It proves my article true. 
And look how defensive he is. <laughs> like he outs himself for the fact that the only good wrestling Bret Carter is shows their TV fourteen bleeding and promos that you're allowed to swear. So that's the whole thing to get wrestling over and wrestling talents over. What the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> Again, that's the it's a very, very small percentage of the entire wrestling community. I don't know. It was a dumber comment saying that Aubrey Edwards has a consistent count or AEW is going back to the roots of professional wrestling. Get the fuck out of here with that nonsense. On that note. Oh, oh, one one thing, I, I'll, I'll be real quick, Josh. I heard a comment the other day that someone said that Don Callis looks like a giant penis, so they should call him Don Fallis. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I think we need to start calling him Don Fallis. Yes. On that note, that's a wrap for what the hell is wrong with AEW this week. Let's get out of here. This has been What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. Don Fallis. Don Fallis. My God. Okay. Uh, I need I need an IQ test after this week. Yeah. Uh, all right. Folks, I want to thank you guys so much for hanging out with us this week. This is another fun edition of the Who's Podcast. Make sure to subscribe right now anywhere you get podcasts from. So you never miss an episode. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Make sure to press that bell notification so you never uh, miss an episode for us. So you can interact with us live like Brett did. A lot of good people interacted with us today during the show. Make sure to follow Brett Carter on Twitter at Derek Stoughton. Make sure to support his work at WrestlingRumors.net so you can read that article. And also uh, check out DerekStoughton.com. I'm at Twitter at Josh Lopez Media. Uh, follow me on Instagram at JoshLopez94. Also, uh, I also do work on a side doing analyst work on the SND Network with Andrew Baydala and Blake Mitchmore. Uh, it's been a lot of fun interacting with those guys over the last couple months or so. I'm glad to play a small role in their little uh, thing they got. I'm under thing they're going on. There's a lot of big things on the horizon, and SND is a really good network, and they're doing a lot of good content. So support SND. So uh, make sure to bookmark ProWrestlingTransfusion.com. And again, uh, to subscribe to the podcast, we're over 300,000 downloads on Anchor, which is really cool, and we're kicking ass. So it's all thanks to each and every one of you who supports the show each week. So remember, folks, be the authentic product that is yourself, and never forget, you nobody dictates the pace of your life but yourself. For Brother Carter, I'm Brother Adam. This has been episode 268 of the Hoots Podcast. We'll be back here next week for another fun edition of the Hoots Podcast. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Yes, sir.